Sometimes the reality of a podcast doesn't live up to what you dream that it can be. But that's never the case here. We're always at our A-game. That's right. For the very first time ever, not really. Uh, it's a reverse episode. I watched Fallen Angels. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Clear Attentive Classics, the show where I, your host, Jake Ryan Baker, watch classic movies for the very first time. And today is a sequel episode, a continuation, a special episode, as I always say. I'm joined once again by Christina Raylan Connolly. Hey! Um, <laughs> I think that's how I normally announce you. I don't know. Christina sure. Connolly. <laughs> yeah, Christina Connolly. Yep. I'm used to Christina, seeing the full thing. Christina Raylan Connolly, <laughs> aka Danger Bot. Danger Bot is back. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, this bot has feelings because you need them for these Wong Kar Wai movies. <laughs> you do! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is sort of a follow up to our Chungking Express episode. We're yes. continuing our deep dive on Wong Kar Wai. Yes. And uh, this is his uh, spiritual sequel to <laughs> Chungking Express, the seedier, grimier, maybe mm. slightly more depressing version of Chungking Express. Mm -hmm. But. You know, uh, with, with Wong Kar Wai, I think his two movies that people really talk about are Chunking Express and In the Mood for Love. Mm -hmm. um, In the Mood for Love, you haven't seen it yet, I don't mm -hmm. think. Um, I have now. Um, and it is definitely like, feels like the mature, his, his like maturest, that's not a word, uh, <laughs> most, most mature, mature. <laughs> <laughs> his, his most mature film. Um, whereas this is like, this is him kind of like, I don't know, it's tough because I, I hadn't, as much as I love him already, only having seen three of his movies now, I haven't delved too deep into his film like filmmaking style. Mm -hmm. all, all I know is that he's very infamous for how much uh, he's kind of improving yeah. when he's making these movies. Like yeah. he he actually he just kind of has a loose script, mm -hmm. and then they just go, and they mm -hmm. usually film in sequence because of that and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's just weird how. I think a lot of it comes down to he just has a real knack for editing and knowing where to put things in, in posts. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's why a lot of his movies have voiceover because mm -hmm. he, he has these this way of like putting in these like tiny little bits of voiceover that really somehow connect everything together. Mm -hmm. And it's like definitely not the way I'd ever want to make a movie, although it may, it may be kind of fun. We talked a lot about yeah. improv the last time we talked about Chunking Express because yeah. you've been involved in projects mm -hmm. like that it, mm -hmm. it, 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 would, it would maybe be fun just kind of see what happens organically yeah. i know you know curb your enthusiasm is yeah. sort of my go-to like show that's improv use yeah yeah like larry david very famously is like yeah this is like the goal of the scene but yeah. however we get there is is fine and then there's so yes. many there's so it's weird because that show has so it's like probably one of the most memed shows <laughs> yeah. ever. Like I've seen. I mean, everyone knows yeah. Kirby. Even if you never watched the show, you've seen the you memes. You know something about it, yeah. And it's because there's like so many iconic moments mm -hmm. and lines, which is like mm -hmm. not, not even sure if he wrote those. They could have just came up organically. It's yeah. kind of weird how that's so iconic, and uh, Wong some of Wong Kar Wai stuff is so iconic, yeah. and it's like in the moment organic stuff. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Like uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a there's a writer I really like named Robert McKee mm -hmm. and he teaches screenwriting. People either love him or hate him. I love him. I, I, I find his books to be really informative. And he had this line in one of his books once that was like, the second you write a line and think this will be an iconic line that people will repeat for <laughs> decades. 
erase it. <laughs> and it's like, he has like this idea where it's like, if you think you're writing this like iconic, memorable line, then you're up, you're, you're up your own ass and you need to just like forget about it. And so I always remember being like kind of pushing against that, but I do wonder if there is something about trying too hard to set up something like that. Well, and it's definitely a, just a, it's really a different approach just in filmmaking because so much of it is spontaneous and then you're you know there's a lot more post-production work that's Uh involved in putting all the pieces together and searching for all the right pieces in in like an absurd amount of uh footage that you have yeah whereas like you know if you have a very tight script and it's very well rehearsed and everything goes according to plan then you have a limited amount of time to shoot something that you can get it right you know the first three times or whatever and not just film and film and film and film and then take forever to put it together i mean but there's something really beautiful about doing spontaneous scenes especially in comedy but also i think in in some of the like deeper more emotional realms i think it's it's really interesting to let the artists sort of go through the motions and and see where it goes yeah, I was talk. I, I was talking to um, when I was doing my persona episode, which either might be out, might not be out. Doesn't really matter at this point. We were talking about how some actors love improv, mm-hmm. but like one of my go tos is like Meryl Streep, like mm-hmm. famously hates improv, doesn't like it. Yeah. yeah, but it's like if you find the people that she's like an actor, actor. Yeah, like she, like yeah, like yeah, I think you know our friend, uh, our mutual friend. Uh, Kristen uh, Miller, mm-hmm. like she's told me before, I can't do improv. Don't mm-hmm. don't even try to make me do it because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like just yeah. give me the line. Whereas <laughs> like improv for me is like my niche. Really, like, that's like the thing I prefer to do. Yeah, that's interesting. And maybe I don't know. I, I'd like to try. It. I think I'd just be scared because I always think like there's like a craft to the story and finding the mm-hmm. elements to it. But again, I think. With his editing and the way he does the voiceover, he is able to tie things together. And mm-hmm. also, like especially these two movies, and and, and, and not to spoil in the mood for love, but mm-hmm. there's just a lot of like people standing around mm-hmm. lo- longingly being yeah. sad. And yeah, it's like yeah, you can kind of wing it at that point. It's like you can just tell people, okay, so look really sad <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, you're you're hanging off this jukebox, smoking a cigarette for yeah. like 20 minutes, and we'll just film it. And then we'll put some some vocal <laughs> tracks over it later, you know, some audio in later. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't want to spoil your, your thoughts right away on Fallen Angels, but you did text mm-hmm. me and say you really liked it, which I, I was, did really like I was it, glad because yeah. this is this is as much as this is like a sister movie to Ch- Chunking Express, mm-hmm. it, it is a lot different. Um, it is, and it, but it had some similarities for sure. Yeah. But it was mm-hmm. like a, a more textured version of it, a more, I don't know, like just... Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, yeah. when I think of this movie, I think like, Gritty, gritty, seedy, yes, maybe even sexy. Like I, I, I actually wrote on my little sticky note a lot more sex exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a lot more like literally like, whereas in Chunking Express, it's all very metaphorical. There is some Metaphor- like actual some implied action, yeah. but you don't this, see as much. Mm-hmm. This one's got like two full on like masturbation. Yes, scenes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah um, uh yeah so i I told you and then we'll see how i feel by the end of the episode this will be a 
truly, I do not know what my rating is going to be at the end of it. I remember the very first time I watched it, I just kind of got on Letterboxd and just gave it five stars arbitrarily because mm-hmm. I was like, it's Wong Kar Wai and it feels a lot like Chunking Express. I'm sure right. it'll really grow on me. Yeah. And then the second watch, I was kind of like, it was, it was, it was weird. It was not quite like when I remember watching Chunking Express again, where I was really looking forward to every single scene. This was like, oh yeah, this scene's coming. Okay, yeah. And it was more like me trying to analyze it for yeah. meaning as opposed to just like c- kind of letting it wash over me, mm-hmm. which I think you're really supposed to let his movies wash over yeah. you. But there's also, it's almost like, like I know, I know Ho Chi Minh like has a lot of voiceover, but there's real, like a real lack of dialogue in this film. And so mm. the lines that do happen, I feel like they're happening for a reason and they're really yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to like, that is interesting you say that because there it, there isn't as much dialogue in this compared to Chunking Express. There's almost no... There's om- like yeah, other, very few other, actual dialogue. Yeah, like other than Charlie talking on the phone and Blondie like talking to Ming, mm-hmm. there's almost no characters actually talking to each other yeah. in the movie, like almost at all. It's like, I mean, I guess like when... I mean, it, it's like one-sided conversation. Well, yeah, because like Ho Chi Minh straight up doesn't talk. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah. So, so like people yell at him sometimes, yeah. but they're not having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of like the point. I guess yeah. there's the this whole movie is about like like the nightlife and the mm-hmm. loneliness and the separation you feel from people. Yet yeah. somehow you still in that loneliness are drawn to people. Uh-huh. And like I've heard some people say that they use the word collide a lot for this yeah. film where like our lives collide or yes. we bump into each other and i mean which is it, a similar theme yeah to chunking Express. where but that was very like chance meetings and romance yeah. and love and this is much like sadder and like yeah things not working out and yeah. stuff like that and i'm very mean, isolated like, feeling yeah and it's just like you this guy he's like like I, I really think the movie is like very much hangs its hat on the ho chi mu character mm-hmm. he's integral to like sort of understanding the vibe of what's happening and like the themes of like wanting to communicate with somebody but you literally can't yeah and i think that's why he's so like weird and Mm -hmm. and trying to express himself and like we'll get to it but i where where this movie really falls into place is like the last like 15 minutes for me Mm -hmm. because it's just like banger scene after banger scene that like really I was like, oh, shit, this scene's coming. Yeah. And that was when I started to be like, oh, damn. And it, yeah. and it wasn't even like looking forward to it because it's like, oh, this is really sad. Mm. Oh, this is like one of the most awkward things I've yeah. ever watched. Like, uh, you know, not to spoil it, but like when he's like pretending to get shot in the Midnight Express, mm-hmm. when that girl that he used to be in love with mm-hmm. is just ignoring him. Just totally it's, doesn't even know who he is. <laughs> it's like one of the most brutal things I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Like it just pr- puts a film, period. It's just yeah. like, I don't know. It's It's like. Man, it hurt, it like hurt. I was because I knew it was coming this time, and I was like, "Yeah, God, I can barely look at this." It's like mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes you watch movies and they'll be like really cringy situations. You're like, "Ooh, it's so awkward," but this is like, I don't know. There's just something about it uh, that's just like painful. It, yeah, it uh, was. <laughs> like I have like painful, awkward in all caps, like in my notes because I was like, and I wrote it before the scene even happened because I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, this scene shit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, let's get into the actual movie proper. Um, I skipped my preconceived notions because I've seen the movie already. So uh, <laughs> this is my second watch. I will say this is probably the freshest I've ever been for an episode in a while. Yeah. Like I've done like I watched it the night before and then done the episode next day. Mm-hmm. I, I finished my second watch like literally less than an hour ago. Me too. Um, and this, this was your first watch. Yeah, though, it was my right? first time. Yeah. Um, so like movies very fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of 
I will say, I think part of my enjoyment of my first watch was I did watch it very late at night. Mm. And this is a late night mm-hmm. movie if there ever was mm-hmm. one. There's mm-hmm. not a single daytime scene in this film. No. It's just like one of the reviews on Letterboxd I read that made me laugh is like, never has a movie captured driving to McDonald's at 3 a.m. so accurately <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's just like, you want to put this on, it's like, you're maybe like a little tipsy or something yeah. and it's like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the kind of vibes that yeah. this movie has. Like watching this in the middle of the afternoon on a rainy day is like, it's still got the melancholy, I guess, yeah. but like, it's just not quite the same. <laughs> like I think Chunking Express is like the daytime movie and this, yeah. is, this is the night version of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we start off with like this is, uh, so he uses black and white throughout this movie like mm-hmm. and it'll it'll happen very briefly mm-hmm. and i was trying really hard to pay attention to when it happened to see if it was really purposeful because like it seems almost random like mm-hmm. the literally occasionally there'll be like a shot in a sequence that's in black and white randomly mm-hmm. um but it starts off in black and white and we've got um, she never gets a name. She's just the killer's agent. Right. Um, she's like, she, I, I picked up on everybody else's yeah, she name. she doesn't have a name. Name this go around. She's the one person that doesn't get a name in this movie. Her outfits are the best. Yeah. <laughs> she's the best. Uh, her jewelry and her dresses. I, 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 I'll get this like oh, out of the way up front is like uh, uh, between Chunking Express and Fallen Angels and, and even like uh, In the Mood for Love. Everybody loves Maggie Chung from In uh-huh. the Mood for Love and they should. Mm-hmm. She's great. Mm-hmm. But uh killer's agent played by uh michelle race mm-hmm. this movie is my number one Ugh. crush of, of yeah. all the Wong Kar Wai movies she's aesthetically like basically everything dude yeah i was like oh dang <laughs> like, all her outfits are like awesome. every time she was in a new scene i was like i need that i need that <laughs> yeah, like the first time first time we even see her well, i mean we see her in the bar but like when she's in the apartment she's just got this crazy ass leather dress yes and she's like scrubbing the floors in this like s&m outfit like (laughs) it's very very dom femme it 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 sets the tone for the movie really well because it's like you watch chunking express and faye i mean she's obviously adorable but i mean she's wearing like t-shirt and pants and this movie's like no this is like the weird sexy sexy version gritty because she's doing like the same thing faye did essentially where she's i know same like going into somebody's apartment and (laughs) it's like messing with stuff wong kar wai has a very specific fetish uh, of right. women cleaning apartments i guess yeah right <laughs> uh, that don't belong to them yeah <laughs> but yeah we, we but up at the very top it's mm-hmm. sort of like we're getting uh we find out later his name's ming he's giving this sort of like monologue about like we never really meet and she's my partner but you know partners are he, he has like a, a thing about partners shouldn't get involved with right. each other and stuff it's very like this watch through was very interesting to me and as far as the ming character yeah. goes because if at the, my first time i was watching it it felt like the movie was really trying to be like this guy's fucking awesome and he literally like yeah. his theme song in the movie is just like someone being like because i'm cool yeah <laughs> like anytime he's doing stuff and he's like this badass assassin yeah but knowing where the movie goes this watch through i was like i was like is he like supposed to be kind of a loser actually like i'm having trouble like pegging his character yeah like he just ended up in this field because it was something that he could do that yeah, didn't he, require a lot from him just to be willing thing, to kill people yeah his whole thing's like i don't like to make decisions yeah, he said he's I'm, lazy. I'm lazy yeah it's basically just like head empty mm-hmm. like i just go or point me in a direction i don't make choices in my life and, and then there's also like this aspect of of his agent partner mm-hmm is like longing for him and she has this crush on him but she doesn't right. she doesn't really know him and, and she even said too like 
talking about not wanting to get too involved with your partner and yeah. stuff and just not wanting like that you shouldn't get to know people that well because then you'll be sort of disappointed yeah. or not lose like, interest I think that's in a them. very important line as she points out she's like if you get too close to somebody you might actually realize they're not that cool yeah and it's like that that's the whole she like this the movies if you watch this movie you need to make sure you're not taking everything so literal yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because like Essentially, what we're watching is a girl with a crush on a guy she doesn't actually know. Right. And then when she finally figures out what kind of person he is, she's like, oh, he kind of sucks, actually. Yeah. And that's like literally what we're watching. Just this weird, crazy ass stylized version of that. Yeah. And I think that's why Wong Kar Wai is such an interesting filmmaker, because he's taking you could have done a version of this movie that was actually just two people very stripped down, like, oh, I really like him, but I've never right. met him. He lives across the street, but we've never <laughs> talked. But instead, it's like. She's an, an assassin. Agent. He's an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot, a lot of weird stuff going on with that. It's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. And like we, like we talked about, she's like just, uh, in the Sassanem outfit, cleaning his apartment, and, and like <laughs> masturbating in his bed. Well, like, she hasn't masturbated yet. Till, oh, right, right, right. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> really, we just get she's cleaning the apartment. Yeah, we just get like her cleaning the apartment. Yeah. And then, uh, we it kind of juxtaposes her cleaning with him coming back mm -hmm. through the airport mm -hmm. and i think we we're already right off the bag it, like anytime it cuts to him it starts mm -hmm. playing his theme song yeah and then yeah. it'll cut back to her and it'll be like quiet or uh -huh. whatever she cleans his apartment he comes home mm -hmm. and we just get like some really this movie is very just aesthetically pleasing mm -hmm. this is a whereas in chunking express uh christopher doyle split the dp mm -hmm. duties i think mm -hmm. this is full christopher doyle this time okay who ends up being the same guy that shoots in the move for love yeah. later they, him and Wong Kar Wai, I think I said I said it in the Chunking mm -hmm. Express episode, work great together, but have yeah. a very tumultuous relationship. Yeah. Wong yeah. Kar Wai is because he's winging it half the time is very difficult to work to with. work with. Yeah, but mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. man, you can't argue with the results. Yeah, though. Uh, <laughs> it looks great. I mean, the aesthetic <laughs> is just. I mean, there are some similarities. I felt like visually, in the in the color choices and and some, yeah, and like some a lot of, of heavy angles and. and mm -hmm. um, very moody yes like because i mean like when the assassin comes home there's literally a shot that hangs on the shot for like maybe a minute a minute and a half mm -hmm. which is outside his apartment and we're watching mm -hmm. cars go by and the yeah. assassin's just kind of wandering around his mm -hmm. apartment takes his jacket off lights up a cigarette nothing's this, like tiny happening. little shotgun little apartment <laughs> the apartments just kill me i'm just oh my god i was like living these tiny little sardine yeah cans. i was trying to figure out if i loved it or hated it i was like I was, part of me was like <laughs> i could get into that if i was just a single person on my own in the yeah, city i i feel like i only need a small space like if yeah. i had a bed and a little desk yeah. I feel like I'd be all set. Well, and her apartment was essentially the same sort yeah, of deal, I've, except I've for it was really decorated. Yeah, I've noticed lush. people get confused because um, I read a couple reviews where they said certain things that happened were her in his apartment, mm -hmm. but I, she has her own apartment. She has her own apartment that's a similar shape. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's like I, really pretty. She's like decorated it in. Yeah. Aesthetic. I noticed someone said like they, I, I noticed one of the reviews seemed to imply that they lived in the same apartment. And I was like, that's not no, true at all. No. Because she, she takes just, his trash back yeah, to her apartment, and you to can, go through it. Like for me, the big signifier is he's got that big green clock, uh -huh. and so I, whenever you see the clock, you know she's in his apartment. Mm -hmm. um, he just doesn't have as many decorations in the back. Yeah, it's and she's very all, plain, and she's always like taking like stuff out, and like yeah, it's, it's just it, it's kind of implied that he barely is even ever there in right. a way. It's just like a base for him to come yeah. back to if he needs to. But he like has a line late in the movie where he's just basically like living out of a suitcase or mm -hmm. whatever. That's like kind of his deal yeah 
but yeah, you know, he the, we are right off the bat. We're getting his like, I'm lazy. I like people to to make decisions for me. I don't just have po- to decide who dies yeah, or whatever. Yeah, point me in the right direction. We get his first like assassination mission where mm-hmm. I think the way it goes is the first time we see, yeah, because the first time. He just goes in and does the assassination, and we're like, "Oh shit, that was crazy!" Yeah, and he's, with the he's two just, guns and the yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually having trouble remembering. If I look at my notes really quick, because because there's a really cool one where you see her go do the scouting mission mm-hmm. first. <clears throat> I guess the ju- it it all kind of like jumbles together, but essentially we we find she like goes to the place, kind of scouts it out. We get. I love all the shots that are really close on people's faces. Like she's yeah. very close on her on her face, uh, the agents, and she's like mm-hmm. eating some kind of weird rice ball. Yeah, and she's just wandering around this this place. <laughs> like she peeks in a curtain, and when the guy like uh-huh. tries to like act tough, she like just kind of holds the rice ball. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looks like a little moky. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's just wandering around scouting. And then you see her drawing the map, and she yeah. faxes it to him. Yeah, and then we see him like what almost too like. It almost looked like she was like a prostitute for a second. Yeah. That she was like trying to pick up a John, you know, <laughs> a little bit. She definitely dresses on that side uh-huh. of things <laughs> for sure. Well, she's a lady of the evenings. So, yeah, I think that's kind of like she blends in yeah. that way into the uh, nightlife. Yeah, yeah. And this is, I mean, this whole movie is very like soaked in the nightlife. Mm-hmm. I noticed somebody talked about how it is interesting because the the crowd density is a little sparser in this mm-hmm. film, where it's like. It's very desolate. Yeah, in Chunking Express, it's like the streets are packed with people. Yeah. Whereas this is like, we're talking like constant 3 a.m. nightlife, (laughs) like CD. The only people, it's like, what's that phrase where it's like, you'll never find anything good after midnight or something like that. Nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is like basically that uh, saying Mm -hmm. encapsulated in a film. But Mm -hmm. it's cool seeing her like, and they play with this a couple of times. Like there's one where, we see her do the full scouting mission and mm-hmm. then we see him do one. And then like later now that we know what the deal is, we get it'll like cut between him walking somewhere in in, the, in a place and you see her walking somewhere and you know, you just know that yeah. she scouted the place out beforehand. Cause that's like what she does for him. It's like, this guy's like so brain dead that he, he needs to be told literally where to walk <laughs> yeah. and where to go. So that he, can, <laughs> he needs maps and he's yeah. just like, like go to place, Pull out guns, pull trigger, walk away. Like, yeah. And it's like, and and, and again, uh, Wong King, Wong King, why? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's, he is the king. Uh, but Wong Kar Wai is bringing back his slow motion mm-hmm. for the action scenes, which yeah. is just, I, I, I think you could either love it or hate it. I, I like it I a like lot. It. Yeah. It just, I like it, it adds this weird chaotic energy yeah. to it. And it's like, it's, it's weird because I feel like some people, I've noticed when I, typed into youtube fallen angels mm-hmm. a lot of the videos that pop up are highlights of the action scenes yeah so i do the think shooting it's, scenes it's weird because i think some people really like that stuff yeah. that stuff for me is like the part like i like it but mm-hmm. i'm not like those aren't the scenes i'm super excited about it's almost and, and i don't think you're supposed to be i think it's more just like so matter of fact yeah. especially like with how he just kind of walks in <laughs> and kills people and then just walks out yeah it's, it's not till the very end of the movie that it even like really has too many problems yeah other than like the one time he gets like shot in the arm or whatever mm-hmm. so it's just very more like again i think it's all meant to be very metaphorical yeah. it's like i co i go to place do action <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just like and doesn't seem to have an issue with it at oh all. yeah he's yeah. he feels like nothing about, yeah about it. i mean theoretically he's killing like bad people right but i mean yeah i don't know <laughs> like, yeah but like he said it's like he 
It's not his job to think about why they're dying. Yeah, he's like literally like head empty. I kept thinking the whole movie this time. I was like, I'll see on Twitter sometimes. It's like head empty, no thoughts, <laughs> just just exist on beach or whatever. Yeah, and like this guy's like the embodiment of yeah. that. He just doesn't think. And I will say, like I said, going into this version or this version, but <laughs> this this watch this time, I was trying to really chart his character path, mm-hmm. and he is like. I I didn't I'd forgotten that towards the end he starts kind of being like I want to make a change I yep. want to like take control of my life. You hear <laughs> him saying that as he's as you get the feeling that he's dying after mm-hmm. yeah I mean which is like oh man oh <laughs> yeah like I want to make a change in my life I don't think I like that anymore like doing it that way. And again I was like I was like oh man it really sucks that he like dies the second he decides that he wants. And to. this was going to be his last time doing. <laughs> yeah, this but then and... I was also like again like I prefaced everything with like. Supposed to take everything metaphorical, right. so it's like his change is is dying, but his death right. is is metaphorical. Yeah, in the context of the movie, it's obviously literal. Yeah. Um. And but it. That was yeah. pretty sad. <laughs> really? Yeah, did you feel? I, I liked him. You liked him? <laughs> yeah, I did. He's very cool, but he doesn't have a lot going on. But again, you're not like you're supposed to pick on like the, pick up on the subtleties yeah. of it, like him eventually hooking up with that girl and stuff Mm -hmm. where you're like oh he is like lonely and sad and stuff and yeah and we get this bus scene after he's done this assassination mission (laughs) and he meets like one of his buddies from high school and he's he's like which you're not (laughs) sure if they were were ever actually buddies or if this dude was just super annoying in school sure (laughs) but it's like it's funny because you you do get a lot here where Ming's even like he's like even assassins went to school uh-huh, like, yeah yeah and he's they like, all had classmates or whatever schoolmates <laughs> yeah and he's like he's got all this like cover story where he's got yeah. a fake business card yeah he's got this picture he's like he's like I paid a black woman thirty dollars to take a picture of me <laughs> so I could say it was my wife and he's like the kid I gave an ice cream cone yeah. to <laughs> but it was like this this go around I remember the first time I watched it I was like I was like oh that's really clever mm-hmm. and then I was like. This time around, I was like, oh, that's really sad. Yeah, that he just like has this made up story. <laughs> well, it's like to tell people he literally doesn't have anybody in his life. He has no one yet. He had to pay someone $30 to take a picture with him. Yeah. And he's like, it's actually kind of sad. And he's got these like weird thoughts where he's like, I wonder if they would insure an assassin. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I've always, wa- he's like, I've always wanted to go to a wedding, but I know it's not really my scene. And uh-huh. like, throws the invitation out the bus. And I was like, Actually, it's kind of sad, yeah. though. It's one of like the biggest things we get with uh, Ming actually expressing desire to like belong somewhere yeah. or go anywhere. But he's like, you know, he lives this weird outsider life, and he, yeah. he's just not doesn't really have a place in society anymore. Yeah, it doesn't really <laughs> seem like his career would be conducive for like a, <laughs> a bunch of friendships. And yeah. I, I did notice uh, the insurance guy who's being really annoying on the bus is like. You never know what'll happen to you. And yeah, I, I like, know, right? I was like, oh yeah, I know what's gonna happen. To you. You're gonna fucking die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, foreshadowing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the bus. The bus scene's pretty funny. I just love <laughs> that he's like not even looking. Like he's just looking forward, and this guy's just going on and on and on behind <laughs> yeah. him, and keeps tapping him on the shoulder. And like, yeah, there's a lot of like the camera's like right in Ming's face. He's yeah. like taking, <laughs> taking up a big portion of the frame, and his expression isn't changing much. And the no. guy's just going on oh, and on no. and on. He's like, he's like, you know, the girl with the big boobs, I'm getting married to her. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like a lot of like random, there's a couple like random marriage things in here mm-hmm. where it's like, it's like, did these people even like each other? He like mm-hmm. described her as the girl with the big boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you get a pretty interesting scene where she's cleaning up his apartment mm-hmm. again. And this time she takes all of his trash. Mm-hmm. And when she 
takes it home. She like pours out all his trash yeah. on her bed. I yeah. Like, it's really gross. Like, you don't know what's in there. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like going through it and you're like, oh boy, this is very like, uh, it's like, oh, okay. She's got a lot going on mm-hmm. here as far as her feelings towards this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like even like going through his beer cans and stuff. Yeah. And she like takes one of his cigarettes. I guess it's worth mentioning. We talked about it a little bit in Chunking Express where mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, this character and this character smoke, mm-hmm. and these characters don't. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? In this movie, everybody's Everyone. like chain smoking yeah. constantly. <laughs> like, especially the agent girl. Uh-huh. She literally, I don't think, Always has a smoke. scene where she's not smoking. Always smoking. Yeah. And like, even when she's eating, she's literally smoking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Cleaning, even when, smoking. Even when she's yeah. masturbating, smoking. she's smoking. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so a lot. Again, sort of like nodding to how much seedier this movie yeah. is. Just like everyone's just like. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because, yeah. like, I was laughing because she's, like, cleaning his apartment, but she's, like, got a cigarette dangling from her mouth yeah. like, the whole time. And I was, like, <laughs> thinking about, like, I wonder if his apartment... I was, like, I guess he smokes, too, so it doesn't really matter. And they usually have the window <laughs> cracked to open, it feels like, and then they close the window, yeah. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like surely he can smell that she's just been in here, I like, know, smoking. smoking, yeah. <laughs> Especially when she's, like, masturbating And laying bed. all over his bed, and, yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe Although she, she usually... Is wearing some sort of like plastic outfit. That's true. So it kind of keeps her from moistening the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's why she picks the outfit. Yeah. I don't know if she takes the sheets before or after. (laughs) Uh, Maybe she's taking the sheets afterwards or I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. We get get her line here though uh, because she goes to... She finds like that matchbook and she talks about mm-hmm. the bar that he goes to a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we get that line that we talked about where she's like, if you find out too much about a person, yep. you might not like them. Yep. And we get the, uh, I remember this scene really vividly just because of how long it goes on where she's just hanging off the jukebox. And- oh, that was such a good scene though. <laughs> I, I don't know. Aesthetically, I just loved it. And just, I, it was mm-hmm. almost very twins, Twin Peaksy mm-hmm. a little bit. And she's just like, and it just like pans across her arm and her hand hanging off the jukebox, yeah. which is a, also like a repeating theme, the jukebox. And, yeah, and um, it like, keeps panning up and down, like a lot of emphasis on like her skirt and like the hemline of her skirt. I was skirt like, is she stuff. masturbating up against <laughs> that thing? At first I thought she was, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's like in a public place now she's doing this. What's with her? Yeah, and, and I think she's been drinking, so she's yeah. like kind of looking drunk just. it was like kind of <laughs> sultry you know yeah. how you get when you drink too much <laughs> and it, and it, there's that song that's playing it's like very jazzy like yeah. sexy song mm-hmm. and it does actually transition yeah. to her masturbating yeah. in his apartment this is where yeah. we get that scene yeah and she's like i don't know like ha- doing her thing mm-hmm. and also that shot goes on for quite a while yes and that's not me complaining it's just a, it a, is a <laughs> it's a very they were like really giving it to the audience plus the like the way that they shot it like from the the angle of that scene <laughs> it's like wow you guys are really like giving giving your viewers a little uh treat here you know <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild because like one of the the shot that it lingers on towards the end it's just like at the foot of the bed and we're mostly just seeing her legs Mm -hmm. um and i think i think we do eventually cut to this really cool like crooked window shot where she's like laying on her back Mm -hmm. and kind of looking out the window from the bed just all the cinematography is great i love it super great the movie's like so aesthetically pleasing even even if it is really weird Mm -hmm. um it's just it's just so fun and unique to look at yeah uh the colors all pop and they look great and it just makes the nightlife really yeah 
and I can't even imagine like it's so hard to shoot at night. Mm -hmm. It's crazy that it like looks so good. It does. Mm -hmm. I know it's so clean, and I'm I'm curious actually the production end of it. I'm curious how they shot these dark scenes. Yeah, I don't know. Like I know you know Hong Kong, especially like downtown is obviously very lights, lights and neon and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's just I don't know. I have to imagine that because I actually watched. my ver- my version of in the mood for love that i own mm-hmm. is just like a dvd that i bought and i noticed it was as great as it looks it is very grainy yeah whereas this version of fallen it's angels not super grainy i wa- we watched it on the criterion channel mm-hmm. i assume you watch it on mm-hmm. since i'm literally using yeah. your yeah, account yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah don't find out criterion <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, if half my listeners are just Criterion channel admins. <laughs> uh, well, I am kind of courting a weird Criterion audience with some of the movies I've been doing lately. Did, did all the Three Colors trilogy. Did, I watched Persona on the, your account. This is how I watched it. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'll use Christina's account to watch Persona. Yeah. Um, but I assume these are the restored versions because mm. those just came out recently. Yeah. So I assume that's part of why this looks so clean. Mm. I was just having a conversation. It looks with, clean, yeah. With uh, Kurt, ironically, who we mm. ran into right before we recorded. <laughs> um, Kurt will be an eventual guest on the show. You guys will love him. He's mm-hmm. a great dude. I was talking about how we've had conversations about digital versus film and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's kind of wild where movies that were shot on film and preserved correctly, you can restore them to these yeah. bigger and bigger, yeah. more, more beautiful cuts where mm-hmm. it's like, his go-to example was to mention uh, Zodiac from David Fincher. Oh. David Fincher shot that digitally, and it'll only ever be mm. a 1080 film, mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. never be plussed up. Whereas, right. like these Wong Kar Wai movies that he shot in the 90s, yeah, you can make them res- restore them to these like beautiful cuts yeah. and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. And like, uh, all, well, and just like all the old old movies yeah. that were shot in film. Yeah. Just seeing restored stuff is just fascinating. Yeah, like, and just ma- I, I have this like diatribe that i talk about sometimes where i'm just like it's kind of wild how i feel like digitally all we've ever been doing with digital is chasing how good film used to look yeah in a weird way and i know film is a lot harder to handle and there's Mm -hmm. a whole thing that goes with film Mm -hmm. but it's just like film is just man for me if i had infinite money right i I would shoot everything on film yeah i'd be like i'd be a tarantino or or (laughs) nolan i just genuinely think it looks better and maybe i'm tricking myself but when i see like once upon a time in hollywood like Mm -hmm. on the big screen it really looks beautiful Mm -hmm. and and not that digital movies can't look beautiful because they're i mean they're shooting with different 8k reds and it is they're pretty comparable Mm -hmm. now but i don't know there's just a feel to Mm -hmm. it and i don't know it's just so like just seeing this like restored it's like listening to vinyl though yeah i mean, I, I mean i have to imagine they were using film there's probably types of film stock like for this movie that are mm-hmm. good in like the nighttime and stuff yeah. like that. It's kind of cool how there's different kinds of film for different feelings. And mm-hmm. there's like such a craft to it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. It's just so fascinating because like every interview of Christopher Doyle I've ever looked up is he never talks about the actual craft of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always like feeling and he's like, oh, I'm making a movie. It's like having sex. It's like art. It's blah, blah, blah. Tell me how you got the shot, Christopher Like, let's Doyle. be practical. Like, tell me about the practice. <laughs> like, like, what lens did you use? Yeah, what like, film stock did you use? He never he talks about talk that shit. Talk details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's got like this whole, he's like, he's like, my next movie is my best movie and why would I want to do what I did in another another movie? Uh-huh. I don't want to repeat myself and right. stuff. And it's just, but I'm curious, like, how they actually shot this movie. Yeah. 
Same. It's like no one, like Wong Kar Wai and, and Christopher Doyle are just too They don't weird. want to give their secrets away. <laughs> it's not, I just think they, <laughs> they just I think don't deep down, talk about that. It's, it's one of those things where certain people that are like true geniuses, and yeah. I, I, I try not to throw that term around too lightly, right? but they don't think that much of the things that they're doing, which are mind-blowing to uh -huh. other people, the things, that, <laughs> the things that come so naturally mm -hmm. to them. They're like, well, was it worth mentioning? It wasn't, I didn't even have to think about that. I just use this camera and this lens and we instinctive yeah. yeah we had her face filling up the frame and had the stuff going mm. on in the background it's just how i wanted to do the shot but it's like no you like thought of that yeah and, it out, and there's like so much going on uh -huh. i don't know it's, it's just interesting yeah and sometimes it makes me wonder like every i feel like everyone probably has things that they're natural at and they don't even realize that yeah if someone else saw them do that thing they'd be the envy yeah, of amazed. somebody yeah mm -hmm. like oh yeah you could like i remember when i was getting into photography I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, I have trouble with this, that, but I'm like, composition's easy though, right? Mm -hmm. So I, and like, I remember, I think it was my friend Joe was like, mm -hmm. well, composition's not easy for everybody. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. It just always seemed natural yeah. to me, but I guess, you know, I feel like that was me being weirdly egotistical. I, I didn't mean that at right. all. I was just no. trying to think of an example yeah, of like yeah, something yeah, yeah. in my life. But, and there's tons of things that like, lighting for example that mm -hmm. is like so mystical to me i just <laughs> yeah. can't wrap my fucking head around it and some people it's just like just get it yeah get the lighting man yeah. there's like there's like dps like roger deakins and stuff who mm -hmm. just and i know they have years of experience yeah but it's just, there's still something in their brain the way their brain works yeah. the way they can under paint literally paint with light that's mm -hmm. just man it's it's really enviable yeah I, I do think it takes a certain kind of person, mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> yeah, lighting has always been something that I'm more interested in, mm -hmm. and I think part of that came from being like being a painter back in the day and like yeah. doing still lives and painting from life, and and it was all about lighting your mm -hmm. subjects, you know, and so just playing with the different tones and playing with yeah the shadows and all that sort of stuff, and so I just like kind of carried over into my love for like doing film and stuff like that it was yeah. always funny to me like when i see people talk about painting or even animation mm -hmm. you do have to think about your light sources mm -hmm. yes. it's like you could just put a thing in there and you and it could just be lit but like they literally do teach like no you have a light coming yeah. from the window and you need to be mindful uh -huh. of like how that looks on your subject uh -huh. even though you're creating everything whole cloth it's uh -huh. really fascinating yeah. it's just really interesting how i've noticed in video games and animation have you ever noticed like they do like something's in focus and then the background's like a little bit blurry mm -hmm. like as yeah. if it's a film uh -huh. Uh -huh. they don't have to That's do tough. that they but, do yeah but they're mimicking like what we are used to seeing in film like yeah. when they're doing cutscenes and stuff yeah it's kind of it's just kind of interesting because everything could just be in focus if uh -huh. they wanted it to be mm -hmm. uh i think maybe if you've never really paid that close attention to like an animated film yeah they maybe pay attention more to they definitely do that a lot they do camera moves mm -hmm. and they do yep. this is in focus and then they rack to this mm -hmm. or it's it just i don't know like there was like a clip from like spider-man into the spider-verse that somebody shared recently and i was mm -hmm. noticing it's like thing on the ground rack focus to mm -hmm. the dad or whatever and i was like ooh, it's like that's like a camera move yeah like, but you've just you drew it yeah like yeah <laughs> it's it's really yeah. interesting uh, but yeah, so this is where we first get our sort of splinter here. So mm -hmm. we, you don't realize if you, if it's your first time, you don't pick up on this, but we see the bald dad guy is kind of being questioned by the police. And I was like, mm -hmm. I didn't even catch it the first time that the agent girl lives in the same apartment building that, that Ho Chi Mu's mm -hmm. dad owns. 
and the police are running around trying to find Hochimu, and mm-hmm. she goes into the laundry room, and she's like, "They're still here. Don't come out." Yeah, and, yeah, I remember. That. And he yeah. pops out. He's like, I've "Been hotboxing himself in this yeah. closet." <laughs> and this is this is our introduction to Prisoner Two Two Three, aka Hochimu, uh-huh. whose name I hope I'm saying correctly. It seems like that's pr- pretty yeah. simple, uh, but yeah. Um, he's just, he just makes his grand entrance. Here. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Uh, like one of the first things we literally see is he's like getting his mug shot and he's being yeah, really, and he's really like goofy. dancing around and with it. <laughs> like, like, hold yeah. still. He's just I like, was just like, I love this person. He's basically yeah. like sign twirling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, he's giving us the voiceover of like what his deal is essentially. Mm-hmm. He, he breaks into places and works with them at night mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like basically a psychopath. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, like just yes. full on. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I was watching this, I kept being like, "Oh, he's like really crazy." Yeah, and then it just kept getting crazier and crazier, and that's crazy what, in that good kind of way. That's what makes <laughs> that's, well, that's what makes his collision with Charlie really yeah. funny because she's the first person that like out crazies him. Yeah, and it 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 makes him seem like sort of more calm uh-huh. in comparison, like. Especially when he's with her, he's not mm-hmm. not nearly he's like as this wild, stable, supportive. Person. Yeah. yeah, whereas like when he's with other people, he's a madman. Oh my gosh, like forcing <laughs> them in. So the very first thing <laughs> to we hang see out with him is he's in this like pork store. Yeah, and, and you were like talking massaging about massaging the hog, <laughs> yeah. which I absolutely had to watch twice. <laughs> I loved that. Scene. He's just like chopping stuff up without even like paying attention to it. He's just, no, I know. And he's got like this whole thing. He's like, I do a good job. I work really hard and blah, blah, blah. And he's yeah. just dancing on top of a pig. He's, just like, <laughs> he's like, who says people don't need pork at 3 a.m.? <laughs> and uh, I even like this time I actually did right because we go from pork shop to he's at the laundry. He's, uh-huh. like, he's like pulled in like a homeless guy and like rips his yeah. clothes off. Yeah. Until the guy like gives him money. <laughs> and it's this weird thing where he like, Seems to want the money, uh-huh. but then he also wants to do the job. He wants to do the job. <laughs> yeah. So like, even when people try to pay him off, he still is like kind of rough with them. Yeah. Uh, he there's a brief scene with the vegetables where he's trying to sell yeah. this lady an eggplant. <laughs> oh, I died! I died! <laughs> I oh my god! I laughed so hard. It's like that. an eggplant. I'm single. What will people think? So I know. <laughs> She's like, I'll take this. I'll take this half a melon, and he tries to give her this that giant zucchini melon. thing. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, what the fuck? And he just like kind of seems like, I don't know. This is oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and then we get so the uh, we get the barber shop where he's like, <laughs> grabs some guy and is very aggressively shampooing, <laughs> and he's like hot, hot on t- straddled over him, yeah. like just like scrubbing the shit out of this dude's head. Yeah, he like puts some like shaving cream on him. I thought he was like, gonna kill this person. Well, later he he seems well, to yeah, assault. Yeah. I think he like, did, yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to tell whether he kills that guy or yeah. if he's just like chopping his fingers off. Uh-huh. But it's just like, it is kind of funny that that scene happens. Like, it's him like sort of regressing after uh-huh. his dad passes. Yeah. Spoilers for the movie. Yeah. Spoilers for the whole movie, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, if you see it, if you see a movie, <laughs> assume I'm going to spoil it. Everybody knows the deal at this point. <laughs> uh, but I, I like that he, like, uh, we'll get to it, like, with the dad stuff. But I, I, I really like the unique way that he plays with grief and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he the guy tries to make a break for it. Yeah. <laughs> so he grabs him. Yeah. And the guy's just like, he's like, I I have connections. You can't yeah. do this to me. But, <laughs> like like Hochi Mu just doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like he's like uh, impervious to yeah. any like threats. And we yeah. immediately 
it like cuts to him working in an ice cream truck and the yeah. guy that comes up the truck is the same guy yeah and the guy's he like, like no. pulls in through the window <laughs> he like he's like he's like i'll, I'll climb in i'll climb in i'll climb in and he tries to run <laughs> and he grabs him again <laughs> oh man and he's just like uh he's making him eat all this ice cream I, I and then he calls his family and they come they down come and he's holding them like all hostage and, and, and what the ice cream <laughs> with the with the fire in the yeah, middle of it yeah he keeps like, like putting fire on yeah. all the ice cream which is like very uh weird very striking though yeah it is the juxtaposition of like putting fire on ice cream Mm -hmm. is very like sort of i was this time around i was kind of fascinated by that choice where it's like Mm -hmm. so you can't put fire on ice cream it's well and then i started to wonder if that's a thing maybe like putting a candle on a cupcake yeah you know it could be a cultural thing Mm -hmm. i I I wondered that i just thought the juxtaposition between like fire and ice cream is Mm -hmm very uh he does that to his father too yeah to to me it's like it's like very metaphorical Mm -hmm. in the sense that like these two things do not belong yeah (laughs) and yet he is smashing them together and and refusing to take those and And having people eat ice cream with flames (laughs) coming at their nose yeah Yeah. it's like he's like he's like you're gonna burn my beard yeah he just doesn't care and uh i i do think like the more i talk about it the more i do think it is like this metaphor for this character is like forcing interactions mm-hmm. that shouldn't be happening yeah um but it could also be a cultural thing too like why was the why would there even be candles and right shit right right in, in, in an ice cream, cream truck. truck yeah so i am not sure mm-hmm. uh it's hard it's hard for me to tell i've never been to hong kong <laughs> although these movies really make me want to go. i know uh yeah but yeah he brings his dad the ice cream mm-hmm. and, and his dad's like i don't even like ice cream yeah and then he starts eating it yeah and his his dad's got this really interesting character where he's very uh, gruff with uh-huh. him, but he also in you the qu- in the quiet moments you're like, oh, he yeah. loves his son though because he's like it's like kind of like touched that his yeah. son thought to bring him ice cream, and then you know the big moment later is like when he's watching the tape mm-hmm. back or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we get the, we get probably one of the most baffling scenes for me in the movie where his dad's got the shits. And- yeah. And he locks his dad in the bathroom for some reason. <laughs> and then goes to sleep. <laughs> he just takes a coat oh, hanger. And, like, but he <laughs> made sure to throw the roll of toilet paper in there with him first. Yeah, like I guess he's just playing a joke on yeah. him. I didn't really know. He's just uh, mischievous. Yeah. Cause it's, and he's it's, always playing jokes on his dad. Yeah, his dad had a, has a line where he's like, what game are you playing Yeah. Now? So maybe this is like a regular mm-hmm. thing. And he is, he is mute, so he doesn't really have ways to express yeah. himself. So yeah. this is maybe sort of a manifestation of plays. that. But it's like just yeah. Like, I don't know why he That's did such that. an awful thing. <laughs> he's just sleeping, and his dad's <laughs> banging on the door, and he's just like he's like just I know. passed out. They apparently sleep in the same bed. Maybe I don't. Yeah, know. Uh, yeah, that's what I get. Again, that's yeah. like a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think sharing uh, apartments, sharing small spaces. Yeah, like beds, uh, yeah. If American sensibilities with our big, wide open spaces. I think we think more of sleeping yeah. in the same bed than other cultures yeah. do. So. I did a movie once uh, called uh, The Piano Teacher, mm-hmm. and I do think it is like the character, even though she's like in her 40s, she still lives with her mom and they mm-hmm. do sleep in the same bed. Yeah. I do think that was meant to be more like she's very dependent on her mother. Where, oh, yeah. Whereas this one's like, yes, it's, they're still dependent on each other, but it's it's not as like supposed to be as like crazy. Yeah, it's just like where they live and <laughs> yeah, like, a small <laughs> space. And... It's like we got room for one bed. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My weird mute son still lives with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he owns an apartment building, so right. where else would his son live? Yeah. He, he does seem to like, the cops were questioning him and he was mm-hmm. acting like he didn't know where he was. So he, he's, he's clearly yeah. covering for uh-huh. him. He knows his son's like 
been arrested <laughs> and shit, presumably for forcing people into ice cream trucks. Um, but yeah, right after the bathroom scene, we, we get back to uh, Ming and, and his agent. And that, now I'm seeing the note where she does the salon walkthrough. Yeah. I think the salon is the one where it's cutting back and forth between the two. Yeah. Again, it's having a lot of fun with the Cause I'm Cool song. Like whenever, yeah. Whenever it's him, it's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I noticed uh, there's this one shot where the train is going by outside mm-hmm. the apartment and the sound of the train yeah. is very similar to the song. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I assume the train was fully that they added. So maybe they, they meant for it to line up that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. We get the salon walkthrough. He shoots everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't really have too much of an issue. Yeah. And then he has another line where he's like, sometimes business is slow. And I mm-hmm. work in the financial field. Yeah. And he like goes to yeah. collect some money from this guy. And he get, and he gets in another shootout uh-huh. immediately. We got like back-to-back shootouts. Uh-huh. And I think this time he gets shot. That's when he gets shot, yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's well, like, oh. because they realize that something like... Yeah, he's on the phone. He's like, yeah. he's like, you said it was supposed to be like a laundromat, but it's like a fast food yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, okay, if you if you say so. <laughs> so it was almost like because he didn't have like everything mapped mm-hmm. out. And, and I think you're. I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I think we're starting to see his relationship with the agent fall yep. apart a little yep. bit here, where she's not as on the ball uh-huh. with like informing him. Yeah, because she's kind of mad at him uh-huh. for ignoring her. Yeah. Uh, and he's got, he goes back to his apartment. He's like, I've been getting hurt a lot uh-huh. lately. I'm not sure why. It's uh-huh. like, because you're not, you're not giving her attention. Uh-huh. Like it is like very, uh, yeah. The relationship's falling apart mm-hmm. and that's why he's getting hurt and messing up yeah. and stuff. Cause he needs her to guide him mm-hmm. and she's, her heart's not really as in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a line where he's like, I, I'm thinking about getting out of this business. Uh-huh. He's like, I asked to meet with her. And then it just basically cuts to her like waiting around. Yeah. And it's like, uh, but I didn't show up for the meeting. And uh-huh. you're like, Ming, what the fuck? Why did you do that? Well, yeah. Like, uh, and she's like obviously upset. Uh-huh. But he's like doing this weird thing where he's acting all aloof and stuff. He's uh-huh. like, she knows me like really well. So she knows I'll not show up and that I'll yeah. be, she'll know to come to this bar. Right. He's basically being like, um, I don't like using this term in this way anymore, but I was about to say pussy. Uh, like I, I feel like it's kind of like a derogatory thing. There's a whole thing. yeah. I say wussy. Wussy's mm-hmm. a great substitute for pussy. Yeah, a well, wuss. Uh, he's being a real wuss about like breaking it off yeah. with her. He won't see her face to face. Instead, he does this weird, elaborate thing where he's like, "Here's a coin, bartender. When she shows up to see me, give her the coin uh-huh. and tell her song 1818." Yep. And so she shows up and yep. she plays the song, and the song's like, "Forget him." Mm-hmm. He doesn't want it. Like the song's like very yeah. literal, and but he's all like, "She'll understand what I'm saying." <laughs> but really, like, he's just being like kind of a wuss uh-huh. about it uh, <laughs> instead of just facing her. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of interesting. Um, and this like kind of all smashes together to where she's got the forget him song. And I think I think the forget him song is like carrying us through. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at McDonald's mm-hmm. when this is where we meet. Like yeah. one of apparently several blondies in the film because uh-huh. her name's Blondie in the film, but there's a lot of business about Blondie. Blondie, yeah. Um, but the second the second she shows up, like I remember the first time I was that watching this, shit crazy. I don't know how you felt, but I, just oh, the way I was she's, like, oh, she's crazy. The way she's moving is, yeah, is bananas. <laughs> like just running all over. She's very manic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I was like, she unstable. Yeah, because like she, you need to stay but, away from her. But like the only two in this McDonald's, uh-huh. and she just comes. And like, she just comes and sit right next, <laughs> and they make sure to pan out to show that no one else is in this huge <laughs> restaurant. And the way she's even eating her fries is is weird, yeah. and she's just like kind of staring at him. Yeah, and he's kind of just like, uh, and he like yeah. goes to leave, and it's raining, and she comes tottering out, and she's like, it's raining. And she's yeah, like, yeah, in like a complete spaz, crazy, uh, and she like makes him like put his jacket uh-huh. over her and they like let's have some fun or whatever yeah, yeah. they go to her apartment and she's kind of like you should come up trying and he's to get like, to come up yeah uh, i don't know because he's like she crazy i shouldn't <laughs> yeah I but he's also that. like <laughs> i don't think we're realizing it but we kind of figure it out with his choices is mm-hmm. that he's actually kind of lonely too uh-huh. he's he was meant to meet his agent and like yeah. connect with her but he stood her up because he was afraid yeah. but he's obviously like lonely mm-hmm. and so he does she snatches his jacket yeah but they go to her apartment and they have this really Weird. bizarre scene together. But she's like, <laughs> one of my favorite details is his jacket's all wet. Mm-hmm. And she's and just she's like j- with the light bulb. She has like a lamp and she's just jabbing lamp. it. Yeah. Like, like, like she's trying Drying to dry it. it off with a light bulb <laughs> or something. It's really weird. It uh, was really weird. <laughs> um, and she's like talking nonstop. She easily yeah. maybe has the most Lines. spoken dialogue in the movie other yeah. than maybe Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> talks the most, I think. Yeah. And, and like she was like being very flirty. But mm-hmm. then when he like tries to kiss her, she starts. She's being, like, no, no, yes. <laughs> she's like, help, help. Hell, yeah. Like he keeps like vacillating between like wanting to kiss her and being like this chick is crazy out of her mind. Yeah. He like eventually just goes to the sink and like lights up a cigarette yeah. and she's just kind of like yelling out the window and she's just like i'm so happy but then it also looks like she's crying <laughs> yeah and, i'm like and she's man. like out of her mind but then we I, I didn't catch this the first time around but she kind of goes do you like my blonde hair and she's like i did it so i'd stand out he's like yeah you're special and she's mm-hmm. like must not be that special because we were together yep. before i had longer you, hair and you don't even remember me and he's yep. kind of like oh yeah weird and she's kind of like but that's okay as long as you like me now. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, maybe I'll like you later. And she's <laughs> kind of like, I don't, whatever, we're, we're hooking up. Yeah. It's just like very bizarre. It was really weird, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how you felt about poor Blondie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah she she was off the wall. Were yeah. you, because like right from here, I think we go back to the Forget Him song and this is where we get the agent like mm-hmm. in his bed like crying while she masturbates. Yes, <laughs> that was like... <sighs> I didn't know, like, on your first watch, like, not knowing where it was all going, how were you feeling at this point as far as their relationship goes? Well, I definitely felt like she was having some feelings about the situation with him, mm-hmm. you know, but, like, still showing up and doing her thing. But, like, you know, I mean, who hasn't cried and masturbated at the same time, at least once in their life? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. oh i could take this somewhere i'm not going to though (laughs) it is kind of interesting where it's it's not because it's It's sad though it was like really sad to like yeah it was a sad scene it's not like she face it's it's not like she saw him with this other girl Mm -hmm. it's just more about the feeling of of being broken up with and stuff and yeah she doesn't get like oh and they have that exchange well, it's later though. Yeah, they have that exchange with Blondie and her. Yeah, la- later they, they pass each by yeah. each other. It's like ooh. Uh-huh. Um, okay, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, back from the break, uh, but yeah. Uh, so we we talked about the crying masturbation scene. Yeah, you held, you held back your lewd joke that you told me off. <laughs> air. <laughs> 
<laughs> but from here, we uh, actually go back to uh, Ho Chi Minh, and he's uh, handing out flyers in this place, and no, no one will take them. I don't really know what these flyers are for. I know, uh, like, what are these flyers he keeps trying to give to everybody? Uh, but this is where he meets Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's on the phone. She has this weird... She's like, oh my God, you want to get married to me? I can't believe I'm the last person to find out. Oh, wait, you're... I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> oh, as soon as it shifted, I was like, oh. Yeah, and like I said, uh, Charlie's like the one person that can out crazy Ho Chi Minh. Mm-hmm. And so even right off the bat, he's like trying to hand her a flyer and she's just like ignoring I him. I want that, yeah. And she's, he just kind of is lingering behind her. Yeah. And she's like, give me a dime. I need to call, I I need to call this bitch. <laughs> and he's just like standing very close to her yeah. while she's talking on the phone. And again, it's like very, you know, uh, metaphorical to the movie of like the people we encounter. Yeah. Like, here's a line, a really great bit at the very end of the movie where he talks about like rubbing elbows with people yeah. and stuff. So yeah. it is like, it is odd, but I was like, it, for some reason, it's it just the confined space yeah. of Hong Kong. It's just like, just We're, tight quarters. Yeah. yeah. And like she she calls the woman and cusses her out. Uh-huh. And then she's like, give me another dime. And yeah. she, she cut off her phone. Uh-huh. And, she, and she's like, I don't want your fucking flyer. And she like goes to leave. And she's like, no, wait, let me let cry, me cry on, on, you. on your shoulder. <laughs> he just is like, uh, and he like uh-huh. kind of <laughs> consoles her a little bit. Yeah. And then it just like immediately cuts to, he's like, I kept running into her. And it just cuts to him in a different location, but she's crying on yeah. him. Again. Uh, and he's just like, it's, he's monologuing. He's like, He's like some conversations you can't have on the yeah, phone. Sometimes uh-huh. you, and he's making these like motions with mm-hmm. his hands. I don't know why I'm doing it. It's a podcast, <laughs> uh, but uh, just for Christina. Uh, <laughs> but he's like somehow I think she understood what I wanted to say. Yeah, he's making these like fighting motions. Yeah, and she's like, "You're right. We, yeah, we should go there." And like yeah. they go to this apartment building, and he's got like a Molotov cocktail, and she's like, "Come out of there! I'm going to burn <laughs> your place down." Maybe this isn't her floor. And they're like, just are running all over this building. like Looking they, for this person. <laughs> yeah, they grab some old man. She's like, she's like, do you what, know Blondie? What, what color is your hair? It could have yeah. been blonde. Are you her dad? Are you, her, are you with her? And he's like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> and then, and Hoji Moo's just kind of. I love that he's <laughs> just along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's crazy. just, I mean, he is crazy. Yeah. Like, um, but she just goes, why is nobody helping me? <laughs> Everybody's on her side and not mine. Uh-huh. And then they find this blow up doll. <laughs> I know. I'm like, and then they start just beating the crap out of this blow up doll. <laughs> it's very, it's uh, hilarious. Very weird. Yeah. Like, he throws a cigarette in the blow up. Yeah. <laughs> and then shoves its head into like some sort of locker closet. And she like calls it Blondie. You're just yeah. like, you don't even under like, at this point, it's like, I don't even know if Blondie's fucking real. Like a real person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So funny. And they go to like this, to like out to eat. And she's just mm-hmm. like conspiring, like how she's going to get Blondie. She's like, I she doesn't she, stop. Like yeah. every conversation is just her talking about. Yeah. And he's like just sitting with her, like kind of nod. She's like, keep an eye out for her. And he yeah. like <laughs> look, looks around. And, but then there's this weird exchange where she's like, these women behind her are like, you can't be Blondie. I'm yeah. Blondie. And then some other woman that's like by them is like, I'm Blondie. And uh-huh. she's like, you're Blondie? Yeah. And then like Ho Chi Minh like is, leaps into action. <laughs> and this is like whole ass brawl breaks out. Like, a, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it does like the slow motion thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really interesting because he's like getting beat up and then he's mm-hmm. doing some beating up. And she's like, seems Charlie seems a little scared. Yeah. But then she grabs him, pulls him out and yeah. like make their escape. And you're kind of like, I don't know. It's weird. You, you, and then it yeah. cuts back to them 
yeah, in the window with yeah, all the action for, behind For them. a lot of people, this is like one of the most iconic yeah. moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. After this chaotic fight, you kind of start to feel like maybe you're enjoying them together, yeah. maybe. And they're sitting there, and Ho Chi Mu has a big VO monologue yep. where he talks about, I never really fell in love before, mm-hmm. but I finally understand what it means. And you mm-hmm. get this slow-mo where he's like, kind of trying to connect with her yeah but then he's kind of but he's not to. actually touching her he's yeah like, he's like motioning and she yeah. does she like doesn't move a muscle this whole I know. time and you realize like she's just she just still, doesn't even notice yeah she's still pining over johnny yeah and but he he wants to connect with her so bad and he keeps smelling her hair yeah he does he keeps doing it <laughs> i think he eventually lays his head on her shoulder yeah. but she doesn't really she doesn't react flinch. to it yeah um but it's like really beautiful again black and white yeah the, i think it's meant to be like they're in the window and it's raining yeah. outside. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, scene. Yeah, it's so good. And I, I think there's probably a really great song playing the mm-hmm. whole time, too. The music is... It, Wong Kar Wai has excellent choice in music. Yeah. And we'll see this again in In the Move for Love. He very much likes to pick a song and hammer it into yeah. your brain. Keep playing and, it, yeah. And In the Move for Love, it's like it grew on me. Mm-hmm. And I realized that when I was looking for clips after I watched the movie, and I pulled up something that I thought was the clip but it was just mm-hmm. the, the jazz song that oh, he plays over and uh-huh, over and in uh-huh. the mover love i thought i had gotten annoyed by the song but then the second i heard the strains of it start i was like yeah you this like fucking it yeah. song. i was like he he just really hammers yeah. it home and he does the i'm cool song and, mm-hmm. and the forget him song just really repeat yeah. it's it it seems like it should be repetitive but it, i don't know there's something about yeah it just the score of it mm-hmm. it just lingers in your brain and kind of he uses mm-hmm. it to set the mood and yeah yeah the cycles too mm-hmm. we're repeating these cycles over and over yeah and obviously with chunky express we get the right. the california dream and just <laughs> on a loop mm-hmm. uh and I, I do i i think i talked about it in the episodes not my favorite song for mm-hmm. sure it's n- not something i would ever listen to on mm-hmm. my own but for some reason it works really well in the movie now i'll never mm-hmm. hear that song and not think of that movie yeah which is really interesting mm-hmm. maybe that's part of his thinking is like if i just really play this song over and over and over again every time they hear this song they'll think of me well i I think it's like (laughs) i assume a lot of people are like me that when you latch on to a new song you just just, over and over i mean it's like a it's like a joke at this point where it's like it's like how many times are you going to listen to the song until i I until i hate it (laughs) i do that too yeah i'll listen to the same cd for a month straight oh yeah (laughs) and i think it's all that's why the vibe of his movies work really well Mm -hmm. i mean they have that music video quality to mm-hmm. them with mm-hmm. the editing and the pacing and stuff mm-hmm. where it just you find your favorite song and you wear it out mm-hmm. and i think it works well as like a metaphor for love and stuff yeah. like that too mm-hmm. um but yeah the the black and white window scene rain is so good mm-hmm. uh they go to a soccer game um mm-hmm. and uh what's this note here turning oh yeah it's really weird Ho Chi Mu, he his dad's like scrubbing his hair, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, "Why did you dye your hair blonde?" Mm-hmm. And we never see him do it. He bas Ho Chi Mu to the audience implies that his hair just started started turning to, blonde. because his mom was Russian. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's metaphorical because they're looking for blondie, uh-huh. and like he's like, "Must be my mo- my mother's Russian genes yeah. coming out or whatever." Mm-hmm. But his hair does just for a very small period of the blonde. movie have like blonde streaks, streaks in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really strange. But they go to the soccer game. He's excited because they're like going on a proper yeah. date. And he thinks th- that she's finally digging on him. And she's yeah. still talking about yeah, it. She's like, the only reason I came was because one of Johnny's favorite players was playing. And I thought maybe he'd show up. Mm-hmm. You know why I was cheering so loud? 
because I wanted them to notice me. I do love the low budget filmmaking angle of this though. Yeah. Where they're they're supposed to have gone to this big ass soccer game, <laughs> but we're only seeing them hanging out when afterwards. It's, after, it's just completely yeah. empty. Uh-huh. But but somehow you still it still feels real. Like they're there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. feels like they did go to the game and they're yeah. talking about it. But he obviously was just like, I can get in the stadium and we'll just hang out <laughs> by this tunnel and do it. We don't have to actually pay to get into this game. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I don't need extras for to fill out the soccer game or whatever. Yeah, this is maybe my favorite. uh, And they even the camera even is kind of like because she's so much shorter than Mm -hmm. him, panning up his abs and Mm -hmm. stuff. This guy's figure is like very. uh, It's he's a god. He's wiry, but like lean and muscular. Mm -hmm. And the shirt he's wearing for some reason, he just looks like really cut in this scene. Yeah, and he even does like some pull ups and stuff Mm -hmm. later. And you're just kind of like, I was kind of like, oh, I understand why so many people are thirsty for yeah. this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we even mentioned it because we were talking about it off air, but mm-hmm. we, you know, this is Takeshi Kaneshiro from, from... Chunking Express, mm-hmm. who's actually the only actor that carried over from this yeah. movie, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, and he is... A bo- very attractive. And he's also borderline <laughs> unrecognizable in this yeah. movie. Yeah, <laughs> and still somehow translates as attractive even as a crazy person yeah he's very handsome but (laughs) (laughs) his his character in chung king versus this is just different yeah i told you the first time i watched it it wasn't until i was clicking on his credits on letterbox and i saw him i was like who was he in chung king express i was like oh he was the fucking main cop guy yeah what the hell yeah because i didn't even recognize Mm -hmm. him he's just his body language is so different Mm -hmm. and i mean to me i'm even just between these two movies, uh, the guy seems to have great range. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And he's literally giving a wordless performance the whole <gasps> yeah. movie, which is just so yeah. interesting. Uh, I just watched uh, Persona mm-hmm. recently, and one of the gimmicks in that movie is one of the characters doesn't talk. Mm. And it's you really have to admire an actor mm-hmm. that can convey so much emotion yeah. without speaking. He gets to do VO, which yeah. obviously goes a long way yeah. to telling you what his real thoughts are. But mm-hmm. seeing him like trying to connect with people mm-hmm. and even some of the background work that he's doing is just really interesting what he's doing with his face. Yeah. And he doesn't make any of these faces in Chung King. Mm-mm. He's very straight laced, boyish, yeah. uh, like sad boy. Mm-hmm. And this except, <laughs> except for that scene where he's kind of drunk on the phone calling girl after yeah, girl a little after bit, girl. A little That's bit. where I saw. <laughs> the carryover in yeah. his kind of um you know sort of sense of humor in his body language it's so funny like in chung king he's like grabbing store clerks and being yeah. like, what do you think how do you think the pineapple feels and yeah. he's just like massaging a pig <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh but basically right right away he's kind of like oh she's still and there actually is some carryover from Chung King with the expiration mm-hmm. date. Stuff. Yep, that's what I wrote down too. <laughs> yeah. Expiration date. And well, and he was like, "I can be patient." Yeah, he's like, you know, he's I like, he's like, I heard someone say once that everything has an expiration date. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I guess this is. I was telling you that originally some of this movie was meant to be part of Chung King Express, mm-hmm. and they they extracted some of it. And this really is where I could see. This expiration date mm-hmm. stuff really tying in well with Chunky Express yeah. if they were all in the same movie. Yeah. Having said that, watching both movies, it's still a fun carryover. Uh-huh. It, when he says, like, someone once said, it's like, oh, yeah, in that movie that the <laughs> same guy made. I, actually, I think it was you, literally. <laughs> it was you that said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you, you in another movie. <laughs> uh, said the expiration date thing. But he's like, maybe the expiration for Johnny will wear out and i'll still be here but then uh-huh. she stands him up and he's like i guess i expired first yeah. he's really sad about mm-hmm. it he got broken up with uh 
and mm-hmm. he even is right away uh his hair goes back to being black yeah and, yeah. and uh this, this is where we actually see he kind of has this interesting monologue where he's one of the jobs he's now broken into is the midnight express mm-hmm. from the chunks yeah. express yeah. he has like the same sauce bottles and yeah. stuff and he's like laying on the counter goofing off <laughs> and he's giving this like sad monologue where he's like i realized i should be more serious mm-hmm. you know these places have feelings too again going mm-hmm. back to that inanimate object yep. have feelings mm-hmm. thing that Wong Kar Wai mm-hmm. hits sometimes mm-hmm. and he's kind of talking about how he's going to take his jobs more seriously yeah which i don't know how much <laughs> stock you could put in that <laughs> but, uh it's, it's probably kinda, why he lives with his dad because he's got such an unstable like work life yeah you think he could just work for his dad but <laughs> yeah i think he's probably just too unstable we get we get some uh more worlds colliding here mm-hmm. where he's working at this like bar sushi mm-hmm. restaurant and ming comes mm-hmm. in and he's kind of just being all thoughtful and mm-hmm. aloof i'm cool guy ming he's talking he's talking to ho chi mu yeah he's asking him questions and ho chi mu just kind of yeah he's like how's business and ho chi mu gives in this like weird crooked I thumbs know, up <laughs> yeah He's like, how much would it take to open up a place like this? And he just like goes and taps Grabs his boss. Him. Well, <laughs> I like that he asked, like they shared a drink together. Yeah, he pours. He's like, he's like, get yourself a cup. I'll give yeah. you some of this beer. Yeah. Or, which I think well, is Well, and another. my thought was like, I hope you're not planning on shooting everybody in here. Mm. Like I had that fear. Oh no, he's going to die. That's funny. I didn't even yeah. think about that. I guess I was so, I was like, Ho Chi Mu's too rad. You can't, you can't, can't take out Ho Chi Mu. Yeah. Like I wasn't. There's only like him in the bar, so I was like, I wasn't too worried about. Yeah, him. I was afraid that's where it was going. Like, no, that's a great, that's a great point. Place. Yeah, yeah, because you never like he could be like get caught in the crossfire mm-hmm. of the violence yep. and stuff. Uh, and then that would be the end of this really cute uh, character. No, <laughs> that's an interesting thing. I, I didn't even. I wonder if I thought that on my first viewing or not. Because I guess we are. Because he always <laughs> before he shoots up a place, he usually comes in real casual. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden he comes out guns a blazing. Last time we had seen mm-hmm. him, he he really seemed like he was kind of done with that life yeah. though. And he's asking, yeah. he's asking the owner like he's like, how much would it take to uh-huh. open up a place like this? He's, yeah. Seems like he's looking for to settle down or yeah. something. He's like kind of tired of his old assassin mm-hmm. life. But then uh, they put a song on, and it's yeah. that "Forget Him" song. He's, he's like, I never like, went back to that restaurant. Yeah, he's again. like, I, he's like, I've been avoiding that song yeah. this whole time. That's why I don't go to that bar anymore. Uh-huh. And he's like, I never came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get a really just brief scene where uh, the agent is looking hot on a subway, uh-huh. and I love her purse. She's got this weird chain purse. So good, um, and her she always has this really cool jewelry on. She has these pl- big plastic rings that she wears. Yeah. And one of them has like red liquid in it that moves around when she's at the jukebox. Oh, interesting. And it's like moving around inside the ring. And I just like couldn't take my eyes off. Of I it. didn't even notice it. There That's- are so many scenes like that, though, where it's like it could feel excessive, like it's going on for too long. But it has this way of being so magnetic and you can't well, take your eyes really off Well, it's really like drilling down on the loneliness and the mm-hmm. melancholy, which is She's like literally like lounging on a subway and there's like fucking nobody yeah. <laughs> nobody else on this yeah. car. Like and she just is walking down the hall mm. alone, just alone and yeah. sad. Yeah, I love how, I love when she messes with her bangs uh-huh. and stuff. Um but it's it's just really brief. We just She had so, that clip in her hair and then she pulls the clip out yeah, of her hair. Yeah. But it, all we do is we just we see her uh just on the subway. Mm-hmm. just really brief and then we go we go back to Ho Chi yeah. actually and he's uh, helping his boss tape a happy birthday mm-hmm. message yeah. to uh, his son. Yeah. And it's really funny because I love 
Ho Chi Minh's like take on this whole mm-hmm. thing because uh, his boss is actually I didn't even write it down but I remembered his name Sato San mm-hmm. which I think is heavily implying that he's from Japan yeah and has come to Hong Kong to open right. up this like sushi, this sushi restaurant place, business yeah. and he so his family's back home mm-hmm. and so Ho Chi Minh's like it's really nice his dad sends his son tapes all the time mm-hmm. and it's really cute and me as an audience member is like so he never sees his fucking yeah, family. Yeah, never sees his family. It's, yeah. like, it's actually really sad, but Ho Chi Minh's like, I know his son re- must really, really love the tapes it. and feel the love that is, because I know I do. And you're just yeah. like, oh, this is like, again, like Aww. space between people and connections and the melancholy. And, and he said and, he thought about making a tape, but he didn't know who he would send I it to. I know. It's like one of the best lines I in the movie. I send it to myself. Yeah, he's like, he's I'm like, like, oh my God, <laughs> you can send it to me. <laughs> 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 I think a lot of people have that stuff in it. <laughs> I do. It's like probably one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, though, where he really takes to, he likes this taping message because mm-hmm. he's so, he can't talk, but he can right. express himself visually if yeah. he wants to. I, I, I do. Oh, and then that scene where he's singing, like, yeah. s- like lip syncing with the song that's yeah, playing, recording I, I, didn't, I didn't write down the lyrics, but I noticed some people point out the mm-hmm. lyrics of the song, which are important yeah. but i love it's just very crazy just close up on mm-hmm. his face but yeah the line where he's like he's like i'd love to make tapes to send to people mm-hmm. like he does he's like but i don't really have anyone to send them to mm-hmm. and it, he's like it'd be kind of sad to send them to myself yeah so, and you're just like oh no ah! so lonely but yeah. uh he starts taping his dad mm-hmm. and like tapes him cooking which is and, so cute and, it's so adorable and his dad's like trying to shoo him away all the time. <laughs> he tapes him in the bathroom and he's like hitting yeah. him. And we get like a really touching moment where he's like taping him while he's sleeping and mm-hmm. he like nestles up next to him yeah. and like kind of pretends he's sleeping too yeah. and then and like films them together. Films them together and you're like, "Oh." And then uh ooh. Yeah, yeah, so he does uh and then the really like the coup de grace of the whole tape thing is he catches his dad watching the tapes back mm-hmm. and laughing and like actually really enjoying the tapes and mm-hmm. you're like oh. and it was his dad's birthday yeah or, his, no it was father's day or something i think it says father's his dad's 60th oh, birthday si- yeah 60th birthday. um and he's just like you're like oh the dad again yeah. like the ice cream thing like yeah. we talked about the dad cares mm-hmm. and he's into the tapes and he, yeah like you get the sense he kind of likes seeing himself on the tape yeah. but he also is like touched that his son like cares about yeah. him and stuff it just i don't know i think he even <laughs> says like silly boy yeah he says silly boy and he's like yeah. chuckling and <laughs> smoking like everybody else yeah. in the movie. he's like smoke he has like a cigarette in one hand while he's like eating the ice cream <laughs> like you're gonna get ashes in your ice cream what are you doing <laughs> it's so gross i will never understand i don't know i've never been a smoker but apparently smoking and eating is really fun to do probably <laughs> i know if i took it up i would get addicted to it hardcore <laughs> but my parents have smoked my whole life and it Same. always kind of grossed me out me so i've just avoided it like the plague. yeah uh, me too and i have a very addictive personality so i just i don't it's good to I, not touch it yeah i don't need that in my <laughs> life <laughs> we do uh we go back to uh we see the the handler as i know i, I have different name handler agent yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. She crosses paths with, with yeah. the blondie woman here, mm-hmm. and they're basically like, Ooh, "I really I thought that. shit was about to go down." Yeah, they stare at each other uh-huh. for a while, and they both immediately recognize. Mm-hmm. I guess Ming's got some stank on uh-huh. him because they, they, yeah, because she smelled, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they smell each other because mm-hmm. she, she's like, "I smelled Which that." Is so funny. She's like, they? "I never smelled that on another woman," and then the blondie woman is like, uh-huh. "I smelled you on another woman." Uh-huh. She's like, "Actually, I well, they must have talked because she basically goes, I set up a meeting uh-huh. between you two. And she's like, you should go. 
I don't want yep. you to go, but she's basically, it's you almost can like resolve a, it. You can uh, end yeah, it's, it or it's whatever. This, it's this weird thing where she clearly, I mean, they, they obviously have an understanding where they're both into Ming Yeah, and she's kind of like, I want Ming to be with me, but there's this woman lingering around. So yeah. in her head, she's obviously what she really wants is for him to be like, no, I don't want to see her. Yeah. I just want to be with you. Yeah. But he agrees to take the meeting. But she's mm -hmm. obviously still hopeful that maybe yeah. he'll choose her over... When she almost <laughs> set it up so that she could get him to choose. Yeah, essentially. Like, she mm -hmm. wants him. And, and she, has, she has some lines later, which I think are really insightful to her character, where she's mm -hmm. like, she's like, you're just going to forget me. Yep. She's like, I have a mole. Maybe if a woman with a mole comes up to you, you'll remember her. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, you're just going to forget me. Yep. And she's, uh, she's obviously still very scorned from mm -hmm. the last time this guy basically yeah. abandoned her. But yeah, they're they go to this like weird little hole in the wall bar mm -hmm. restaurant, and Ming and the handler are just sitting in the corner, like mm -hmm. not talking, just like smoking. Yeah, and she's like hunched over the table, and Ming's just lounging and kind of looking at her. Yeah, and the blonde yeah. the blonde woman just like doing her thing, just wandering around the bar. I want these yeah, chips. It's I'm raining. Like, I'm clutching the thing. Like, she is just <laughs> acting crazy again. Yeah, I mean, like running out towards the rain and then throwing her legs all over tables and aggressively eating potato chips. And... Yeah. I do, you know, it's worth noting because he sprinkles this into Chungking Express as well, the sort of American product mm -hmm. placement, the yeah. clash of culture. We get yeah, like the Lay's chips. Yeah, the, we get McDonald's is obviously mm -hmm. the big one, mm -hmm. but like there's the uh, Doritos and stuff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. little little touches like that. Yeah. And basically she, she goes out in the rain because she's kind of like, he's going to leave me. Mm -hmm. And then he follows her and she's like, I won. And he comes back, takes her back to her apartment, but then goes, I'm not coming up with you. Yep. And they have like a really rough breakup scene mm -hmm. where she's, this is like as manic basically as yeah. she gets. She's like throwing herself she against the him. wall. Yeah, she bites his arm. She's like, maybe you'll remember my yeah. bite. And she's like, you won't remember me. <laughs> and he just has like this kind of throwaway line. Uh -huh. where he's like, I hope she finds somebody. Yeah, she wasn't really for me. But and somebody it, find. It's very cold. It's very cold her. actually. Yeah. And this woman's like straw over him. Yeah. And he's kind of just kind of like, uh, yeah, whatever. Wants her to find somebody that loves her. But then he says, when when will I find mine? Yeah. yeah whatever, yeah. He's like, I'm just a bump on her way to her destination. When will I find mine? I don't know. It's I don't know how you take that because it's, I remember thinking it's very cold, mm -hmm. but there is, an, I guess, something nice to him wishing her well, uh -huh. but it's also maybe. And knowing mm -hmm. that she deserves better. Yeah. I think that he really did feel like she was unique and special. Really? I think so. Yeah, I really think so. But just, he, but she wasn't what he wanted. Yeah, I guess it's she, like... He was just passing time with her. It's this weird thing where it's like, you can't just, you know, force yourself to love somebody. Sometimes but, you wish you could. Yeah. It'd be easier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I've had a lot of stuff in the past where I'm like, I wish I felt yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess maybe that's why I'm a little put off by Ming because I basically have done the same uh -huh. thing that he's done. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where I'm like, I, you've are, I'm not on the same level uh -huh. that here. Yeah. And I genuinely wish you well, mm -hmm. but... I'm going to bounce. And, yeah. And I guess for me, it's almost like I'm not a bad person because I want them to, yeah. to find love. It sucks uh, to be but, in that position. Yeah. It's maybe now that I'm, we're talking about it, I'm wondering if that's why I was so like weird about yeah. it. Yeah. I was like subconsciously seeing the parallels. Yeah. Uh, damn. Well, and he tried to be, it felt like when she was upset, he tried to let her be upset. 
yeah and stand there and just patiently stand quietly while she like yeah she, she cries on him a cries, little bit yeah. and he was i mean he, he was pretty her up, goodbye yeah he's pretty upfront with her in that he's yeah. like he's like i'm just looking the and he even the said like i we talked about this or i told you yeah yeah it's tough though because you're watching you know, or we agreed uh, about this and she's like i didn't agree to anything yeah yeah there's a lot, a lot of breakups in this yeah. movie like both metaphorical and like literal mm-hmm. you know because i mean he broke up with his partnership yeah saw hochi Mu get broken up with yeah. um just a lot of, a lot of sad mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> yeah. but it cuts back to them at the bar which i don't know if is if this is just him going back there or mm-hmm. if this was a conversation that happened at the bar mm-hmm. but he she she wants him to do one last job which I kind of wonder if she sort of set it up knowing yeah, he wasn't going to make it out of well, it alive. Then they make a really big meal out of mm-hmm. uh, her calling and being yep. like, I want to put my friend on the front page. And I was like, I don't know if that's just code for she's setting up a job or if she's yeah. setting him up. Yeah. Because uh, it feels very much like. I it, felt it like feel, she was setting It feels him a up. lot like she set him up. Yeah. Uh, the guys seem a lot more ready for him. Yep. Because, like, the second he opens fire, there's a million dudes with guns. Yeah. And, well, he comes in. Well, because he come, they notice him that he's there. And then he, and then there's that long bathroom scene. And the whole time he's in the bathroom, yeah, they, they're preparing for him. The, they know the he's black there. and white, mm-hmm. uh, which is really stuck out in my mind when that, when it happened again. I was like, I really re- remembered the black and white in the bathroom getting mm-hmm. ready scene vividly because mm-hmm. it did feel like the end of something. Yeah. Um, but the, before we go too far, I want to backtrack because when they're something I do think is important is he's thinking to himself that they're not meant to be mm-hmm. partners. Mm-hmm. But the thing that he actually ends up verbalizing is he specifically says, I want to terminate our business relationship. And which I, makes I, me I, think he wanted something else. More. Yeah. I noticed some people really read into him being like, Hey, we're not going to work together anymore, but maybe we could like mm-hmm. romantically be together, which right. is what she wanted. But because so, they kept yeah. saying partners shouldn't get involved. Or yeah, shouldn't but, get, but somehow yeah. it's almost like she knows it's not going to work out. Uh-huh. Maybe she's been too hurt by him at this point. Yeah. Or or maybe she knows she's planning on setting him up. Mm-hmm. I noticed some people talked about how it's not that easy. You can't just go from one mm-hmm. thing to another. Yeah. Because he has like, I'm changing the way I view partnerships. But yeah. It's not that easy. You can't just slide into another right. uh position with somebody that, mm-hmm. uh, that there's work that goes into uh-huh. it and he thought it was going to be that simple yeah and so but yeah we get the shootout and i, I remember being very jarred by mm-hmm. his not not so much that i was surprised that he gets killed here mm-hmm. but it was more like the way it's shot is yeah. very uh dramatic it mm-hmm. felt i was like never really felt so much like i'm watching a character die yes the way the way that it spins spins and everything goes black but we're just seeing the lights and it's like the lights go out and and it's like slow motion too yeah i was like i was like damn that was like that actually i remember the first time i watched it it hit me really hard i was like like, that was it reminded mm -hmm." me of how it felt to go under anesthesia yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um same uh i i still i've only had surgery where i had to go under once and i Mm -hmm. still think about it a lot because yeah. it really freaked me out because yeah. I've never been that unconscious uh-huh. before. I've never been, hey, we're going to put you under and mm-hmm. I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like out of, out of my mind. Isn't that crazy? It's really, yeah. it's kind of scary actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm not going to get all metaphorical yeah. about death and stuff. No, but no, no. But it, it was. If anyone's was ever been put under, they they know. But. Did you notice how um some of those scenes too i was going to say this earlier with the shootout scenes is that they 
like the film is continuous from room to room. Yeah. Like they're walking from like these long shots, mm-hmm. which are tricky to do to just go to follow a scene from space to space without yeah. stopping. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, he does it in Chung Hee Express as mm-hmm. well, where we're just chasing after the characters and you get a really good sense of space yeah these like blurry Mm slow-mo it seems like he almost makes it out of the building but they Mm -hmm. they, they get him and he he dies he gets a whole monologue at the Mm -hmm. end where he he basically repeats the i'm lazy yeah i like people to make decisions for me but i'm not sure i want it that way anymore yeah yeah. he's like i want to make a change Mm -hmm. and then that's just that's the end that's the end of me (laughs) yep uh i'd be remiss if i didn't mentioned the scene where she's on the phone because she's serving it in a ridiculous red dress yep uh so gotta gotta note that out yep and <laughs> she's just like that just dress like, yeah God damn it i <laughs> like, know yeah uh and uh, continue continuing with the sad melancholy mm-hmm. from ming's death mm-hmm. we go to ho chi moves packing up mm-hmm. and he we find out through his vo that his dad died yeah because you um, just see him putting stuff into a bag and but i had that thought i was like where's his dad yeah the, you kind of already yeah. sense something's wrong yeah and then he's like oh my dad got sick into the hospital now he's dead mm-hmm. and then we like this for me uh he has like a really good line where he's like as long as my dad was around i didn't feel like i needed to grow up mm-hmm. he's like now that he's gone i kind of feel like a grown-up and he goes I don't want to be a grown up. And yeah. you're just like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck. I know. There's something about this sequence of events where he's watching the tape back to, mm-hmm. I think he's even eating ice cream or whatever. And he's uh, just sitting real, and it does the close up to his face, re- rewinding over and over again. Yeah. He's got like tears in his eyes. But he's like, he's not fully broken down mm-hmm. crying. No. Yet somehow this sequence of events is like, maybe one of the saddest things I've ever seen put to film. Mm -hmm. It's not the traditional, oh, I'm at a funeral, oh, I'm grieving, I'm upset about this thing. It's the way he's expressing himself. It's just so Mm -hmm. sad. I don't know how what else to say. You can see it in his face. Yeah, it's just there's something about the, I don't want to be a grown-up, and him watching the tape of his dad back over Mm -hmm. and over. He even says, like, that's the only thing he takes with him. Yeah. It's just, like, really Mm -hmm. soul-crushing, and you, and it's, it's just... It's not like subtle, mm-hmm. but the way he's taking the loss yeah. is kind of subtle. And the way it's manifesting yeah. in his mannerisms and where he goes from here yeah. is just like you realize how deeply this is affecting mm-hmm. him. And it's, it's not like we spent a whole movie watching his dad and him be close. And you just get yeah. these little check-ins, but we got the sense of where their relationship yeah. was and how much they meant to each other. Yeah. And so this loss hits us really hard. Yeah. I say us, but I mean, like it hits me really it. hard. Yeah. It's like, I didn't cry. I noticed I'm more susceptible to like full melodrama. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that'll get me tearing up. <laughs> yeah. this, this is almost like too subtle to, to like break down. Yeah. And cry. I didn't cry, but I definitely felt like, oh, you, that's really you, sad. You, yeah. I felt something in the pit of my stomach yeah. instead where I was just like, and there's something about like the fact that I'm of a similar age to him and my dad's mm-hmm. a similar age to his dad. Yeah. And where it just gets you, you're brain your gears yep. turning mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean i 100 percent <laughs> felt that i instantly started thinking about my mom yeah. and just like oh my like how sad <laughs> it would be and just mm-hmm. I, I i keep going back to these letterboxd reviews but a lot of times when i'm trying to sort through my thoughts i'll go to these i noticed one of them was the review was just basically like I really need to start making tapes of my dad or something like yeah. that. I was kind of like, I had the same thought. I was like, maybe I should take more pictures of my parents mm-hmm. or something. Like, 
I don't know, just have something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It really is sad. This movie is... Well, and then that was it for him as far as family or anybody. I mean, yeah. he didn't have anybody. It's like It's almost like a joke, but really early in the movie, he talks about how his mom got hit by an yeah. ice cream truck. Yep. <laughs> well, and he like... Um, his dad seemed to ground him a bit too. Mm-hmm. So without that, he was just, you know, untethered. Yeah, and speaking of um, being untethered... He's basically like Sato-san mm-hmm. went back to Japan, so I don't have a, a steady job anymore. So yep. I'm back on my bullshit. Mm-hmm. He grabs poor gangster guy. Yep. And this is where we talked about earlier, where it seems like he's maybe murdering. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the very least, he's like cutting his fingers yep. off. Uh, it's And it's very, again, it's not subtle, but it's interesting uh-huh. the way his grief is manifesting mm-hmm. itself where he's taking it out on yeah. this guy essentially because yeah. he's upset and he doesn't yeah. really know what to do. He's lost his job. He lost his dad. Yeah. He's just doesn't have anything. And anymore. his romantic interest. Yeah, he's, got, he's literally yeah. got nothing. Got nothing. Uh, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't even like, I, I feel weirded out that he's harming somebody because up to this point, he hasn't really hurt anybody. Right. But at but, the same time, I just But now you get the... <laughs> You get the feeling he's like doing something bad to this person, yeah. yeah. And you, but you're kind of like, I get it. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 You're like, me too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's back at the Midnight Express, and this is where we get one of the most brutal scenes in cinema, mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion. Charlie shows up. She's in a flight attendant outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Like when that popped up, I instantly was like, Chunking Express, yeah. like there's this- They're literally at the Midnight Express. Yeah. She's in the flight attendant outfit. Like, what is this? Yeah. Seems like she maybe doesn't recognize him, or if she does, she's pretending she not to. She acts like she didn't know him at all. And he's yeah. kind of like trying to get close to her, mm-hmm. and he's he does the whole like pretending to get shot and squirts yeah. like sauce on himself. And she's just ignoring him. Yeah, and then her, her new boyfriend shows up, he's kind of like, who's this guy? And yeah. she's like, I don't know. And they leave, and you're just like, Oh, yeah, he's fuck. like, what is he doing? She's like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he's being weird. Yeah, and he, and he's just laying on the ground, like, yeah, and it's like, no, the girly first girl he ever fell in mm-hmm. love with, and just, didn't even recognize him. Yeah, which <laughs> which kind of mirrors the situation with the blondie character. Yeah, saying, yeah. You'll, you'll see me on the street and won't recognize me. Mm-hmm. We just we have these brief, intense relationships mm-hmm. with people, and then they just move on, and maybe yep. don't even. It, again, I think we're. In this movie, it's being very literal, but I think yeah. it's more sort of that metaphor for not thinking of someone anymore. Mm-hmm. If you had a really, I've had plenty of close friendships that have faded away mm-hmm. over the years, and I used to think like, "Am I ever going to go a day without thinking about right. this person?" And yeah. then sometimes I'll see something that reminds me of them and be like, oh, "I haven't even thought about that person yeah. in like months." And I'm like, that's crazy. We used to spend every day <laughs> together. And now yeah. I don't think about them anymore. And it's really... I get kind of um, sad about oh, it sometimes. Yeah. Like a weird, sad feeling. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like it? just all the... Just the time of your life that you spent with this person just to evaporate into yeah. nothing. Yeah. And, and the memories. And I try to... I've gotten to a place now where if I have a good memory with someone that even if I don't talk to them anymore, I still appreciate the memory. Yeah. There, there's always going to be a hint of sadness mm-hmm. to it. It's like, not to be like too cheesy, but it's kind of like that... Uh, fucking uh disney pixar movie uh the fox and the hound no, no. oh not pixar <laughs> not disney yeah. uh where uh, the feelings are inside the head oh yeah uh, um what's the name of that movie uh what was upside or it had that inside one. out inside out yeah uh how at the end of the movie you realize that the memories 
can't just be one emotion. Mm-hmm. They're a mix of emotions yep. where this moment of happiness, there was there was a moment of sadness that mm-hmm. came before this. Like, like mm-hmm. it's very very cheesy avenue to yeah. to go down, but I do think you realize that things are more complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a healthier way of looking at the passing of a relationship, like of any kind of friend, whether it's romantic or friendship. It's like to be able to look fondly on the good times, even though you know things didn't stay the same mm-hmm. or you had fa- a falling out, you can still look fondly on the time that you had and see purpose in the good that happened from it instead of just being like, that ended badly and it sucks and I wish yeah, that never happened. Having this bad taste in your mouth anytime you think about anything. Yeah. It's like you were friends with them or you were with them for a reason. Like you cared <laughs> about them at yeah. some point, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. And I, I do think that's sort of the magic of this movie is mm-hmm. that it's somehow captures that feeling in a way that that that, it's just so like the uh, literal events of the movie are not as interesting to me as what the movie is making you feel yeah and the emotions that it's conveying yeah and and what i just his movies wong kar wai i'm I'm, i mean Mm -hmm. that there's just something about the way they make me feel and it's just funny because i i've gone off and i literally was talking to kurt yesterday Mm -hmm. about how I'm not that into paintings and I'm mm-hmm. not that into poetry. Mm-hmm. And those are mediums that are more meant to just evoke feeling from you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yet somehow there there is something about the way he specifically does cinema mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't know why this is good. I just know it it feels good and it makes yeah. me feel stuff. And I don't know what the difference is between... He's very intentional. Yeah. I mean, very intentional with the choices. Which, again, is ironic because a lot of it is is him feeling things out. Uh-huh. And like, you, you know... Yeah, like just ha- going with the feeling of Half the those scenes mm-hmm. are just like, sit at the table and look look sad and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll shoot it. And Until it feels right. Yeah. It's, it's just really interesting. Um, we get what I, in my notes, and I think is true, is probably my favorite shot of the mm-hmm. movie where we're really close on the agent's face mm-hmm. and she's just like sitting there with a cigarette mm-hmm. and then like eating these like noodles. Yeah. And, like, she's just like toking and like eating <laughs> and in the back, it's like very close on her face. I love like the fisheye lensness so of good. it. And in the background, this fight breaks out yeah. and she like doesn't even flinch. And she's just like, when you get the feeling that she's involved in that yeah. encounter, that she's just she's, there to observe, to yeah, make sure the job gets done. She doesn't get close to anybody anymore. Uh-huh. And she's like, I still work with people sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's like right the moment yeah. when the fight breaks yeah. out. And she like kind of smirks But I don't, a little. Cl- I don't go through their trash anymore. She <laughs> yeah, said, yeah, she's learned not mm-hmm. to get too close mm-hmm. to anybody. But I just love the way the whole thing plays out. Yeah. It's just the same shot. Yeah. This entire fight happens behind <laughs> her. And she's just shoveling noodles uh-huh. in her face. She doesn't give a ta- Oh, and she's talking about how it's always cold. Yeah. How she's always cold, even though she eats so much. Yeah. All year right, long. Before, right before that, even uh, Ho Chi Mu was talking about, even though it's August, it feels really cold mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And we get this weird uh, parallels where she's talking about how cold it is all the how time. How long too. the winter has been. Or something again, like that. you know, you, you, you can tell they're talking slightly metaphorically uh-huh, where uh-huh. their lives are both really empty now because yeah. she's got nobody in her life and he's got nobody in his life, which makes yeah. the end kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, where he was involved in this fight for, uh, <laughs> and so he's like sitting there with a bloody nose yeah. <laughs> and, and she's sitting right there and you're like oh shit uh-huh. uh, and he talks about he's like we've run into each other a uh-huh. lot and he's like i he has this really great monologue about i rub elbows with people every mm-hmm. day sometimes i rub so hard our clothes tear yeah and he's like i've rubbed elbows with her a lot 
uh-huh. and there's never been a spark. And then he's like, but today uh-huh. there was, and they don't even like, you don't see them actually like talk in this scene. Uh-huh. They're just kind of both sitting with their backs to yeah. each other. But you're like, oh man, are mm-hmm. they meant to like yeah. get together? And, and they have crossed paths because obviously he was uh-huh. in the apartment building when he was like hotboxing himself. Yeah. And, stuff, <laughs> and she like told him not to come out. Uh-huh. But if we just get the last thing of the movie where yeah. uh, she's like, she says, I asked him for a ride. Mm-hmm. I haven't been on a motorcycle in a while. I haven't been this close to anybody in a while, actually. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know if it'll last, but I'm enjoying the warmth while it's here. Mm-hmm. And we get the shot, like, it's the shot they use for like the DVD cover. I'm sure when you yeah. pulled it yeah, up yeah, on yeah. Criterion, it's like close on his face mm-hmm. with the cigarette and they're yeah. on the motorcycle. Like that's the it's shot so that people associate Classic. with this movie. And they just ride off and the movie just ends. Yeah. And you're like, wow, okay. Two lonely <laughs> people finding warmth in each yeah, other. Yeah. And you don't know if it's going to last because it is about these, temporary. Like, yeah. You know, so pacifier. I, I mean, with your, for your first viewing, how did, I mean, were you feeling it wrapping it up or me. were you kind of surprised that it ended right there or? Um, it felt like a clean wrap up to me. Yeah, it felt it felt good. I liked the way it ended. It is like nice. It is very because this movie could have just ended sad, mm-hmm. and yet with all the melancholy and I was and, glad it didn't just end like that. Like <laughs> the, it went on a little bit longer. It, the fact that it did go on a little bit longer that surprised me. I was like, oh, there's more. Like, yeah, yeah. And these two people that have been brushing past each other finally yeah. connect yeah and maybe it's meant to be i i mean they're both nuts so, <laughs> so maybe it'll work out uh and you, you do and he seems like he'd he'd be a hit man he'd, he'd assassinate people for her maybe he does need a job yeah uh, i don't know if she's I, I don't know if the assassin stuff was just like she was doing it because that was her way to connect with him mm-hmm. or if that is just if she is looking for other hitmen to yeah. work with or, but yeah they they connect and they ride off yeah. and, you, and you don't know how it's gonna go mm-hmm. but it's just a tiny bit of hope yeah at the end yeah uh, or which, at least <laughs> they're not alone i mean and even i don't know i felt sorry for her in a way even though she had her role in the whole situation yeah I, it's it's not like confirmed i, I, if I she, felt sad a lot of sadness in her character yeah and she, loneliness she she's lonely and she was in love with a guy who wouldn't wouldn't give her the time of day essentially yeah. And she just didn't know how to express herself. Yeah. And and now she's like, because she was so burned by that relationship, she's essentially telling us at the end, like, she doesn't get close to anybody yeah. anymore. And you're like, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> uh, but then they, you know, they find each other. Um, yeah. And it's nice. And he's hot and she's hot. And mm-hmm. they, yeah, I mean, would like to see it go a little further just because they're so both so I'm beautiful. so pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think the ambigu- ambiguity of the ending works really well. Uh, yeah was there anything that i didn't talk about that you wanted to mention or i don't think so i think we hit on all the things that i wrote down actually which is really funny (laughs) i i i did really appreciate just that tiny little moment where he like i just thought it was funny the two two three thing just yeah Yeah, prisoner two two three yeah (laughs) Yeah, cop six six three i could i probably literally have my chunking express notes in here i could like bring up the uh numbers on them but but i do i i mean you know this is only the second film that i've watched of um wong kar wai and or ever or ever like just these are the only two that i've ever seen yeah and um i couldn't believe you understood my inside out reference 
I you know, yeah, but like I, <laughs> I actually really love that movie. Uh, um, it was just a stupid joke to yeah. say you've only watched two movies uh, ever. Oh, oh, oh ever? Oh, oh, only ever two movies that I've ever watched, only because oh. you forced me. <laughs> yeah. Also, no, this but... is also this is the third time you've been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch that other movie <laughs> at all. I just pretended. Um, <laughs> but I just watching these two. Um, I just see a lot of similarities, but I just, I love, I love, I want to watch everything now. I mean, I want to watch it all. I mean, I was just like glued. Like yeah. I just, I went into a dark room and I watched this movie in yeah, the afternoon you, today. You told me like pretty infamously, you're very much a, I'm going to fold laundry or do this while I watch films. I'm yeah. Not this like time a- I was like, I'm just going to give this undivided attention. Interesting. So I, I sat in my little gamer chair and I turned all <laughs> the lights off and shut the blinds and I, and I just had my little blankie up over me and i just watched it and i didn't stop i didn't even take a potty break <laughs> i'm very interested to i did eat some pretzels so. <laughs> i i had a little <laughs> I, w- I woke up so late today that i literally from the time i woke up to uh getting here it was dedicated to watching this movie again so like anything i need to take care of i was just carrying my phone around yeah and my notepad and being like <laughs> i knew i needed to give it my all attention because the last time i tried to sew while i was watching chunking express and ended up watching it essentially three times plus watched um it again to listen to commentary wow and like so i just and i kept rewinding scenes over and over and over again rewind not rewinding but you know that's a, i'm old so i can say rewind <laughs> back when vhs uh so but yeah i mean i i was like i'm just gonna watch this i know there's gonna be subtitles i need to pay attention to it yeah and i was really glad i did i really loved it afterwards i was like man just all pretty characters again like all the main characters are so pretty yeah like he obviously really likes to cast beautiful people i was kind of surprised because i I clicked on uh, leon Lai. I hope I'm saying that right. Plays Ming. Mm-hmm. And I clicked on him to see what else he's been in. Mm-hmm. And one of the top movies he's listed in is like a year after this, he's in like a romance movie with Ma- mm-hmm. Maggie Chung, mm-hmm. who's, who's in, the mo- in, in the mood for love. So so Ming and, and Maggie Chung from In the Mood for Love yeah. have been in a romance movie together. See? A lot of pretty people just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leon, real quick, Leon Lai plays Ming. Charlie Young plays Charlie. Mm-hmm. another character playing a character named after her in, in one of Wong Kar Wai's movies well and I think <laughs> I feel like the actors the main actors the really pretty actors that he casts, <laughs> all of them are um, they're like mixed backgrounds too yeah uh, I mean, like, obviously, like they're not just Chinese they're like Korean or Taiwanese and Japanese and Korean yeah, obvi- and Chinese obviously, and like together uh, yeah. Takeshi uh, Kaneshiro mm-hmm. is like you know japanese at least got a blend salt. they're all blend flavors <laughs> yeah <laughs> which it, makes them more attractive well it's it's i think it i think it really plays into the uh transcontinental nature uh-huh. of hong kong yes hong absolutely. kong is very much a melting pot mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. literally the guy that shot this movie is from australia right and and right. Like, there's very it's a really mixed bag yeah. there so i think you're right to point out the cross section of mm-hmm. all the different people from the various countries that are conglomerating into this place because it was kind of there's times in this where hong kong's been a very weirdly free country and wong kar wai wrestles with that a lot in terms of when they were under britain's rule Mm -hmm. and when they were free yeah and then when china started uh like taking over and stuff like that and it plays a very heavy factor into in the mood for love which i will say because 
the the in the move for love the the country politics is mm -hmm. very in the background and if you don't know anything about it which i mm -hmm. didn't until i did research and i think that plays in the in, in all of his movies like mm -hmm. i said the american stuff and in the 90s is when the china stuff was really hovering over hong kong mm -hmm. so the loneliness and the separation and the, yeah uh wanting to be free but like yeah. what what does freedom cost? Uh, right. If, like, if you're truly free, does that mean you're not with anybody, though? Right. It reminds me a little bit of how when I did my big road trip to L.A. a mm -hmm. couple of years ago, mm -hmm. I, I made... Just all by yourself. Uh, yeah, I made the conscious decision to do it by myself because I thought it'll be great because I can do whatever I want whenever I want. I don't have to worry about anybody else. But, man, when I was in L.A., mm -hmm. I, was, I don't think I've ever felt that lonely in my entire life. Really? I, was like, I feel really fucking lonely right now Aww. i'm not trying to like no. be, be, sad, be sad about it but i but remember you were surprised I, I remember curling up on that uh i was on like a double why can't i think of the name of a double bed mm -hmm. uh, like a bunk bed bunk bed mm -hmm. so i'm in a bunk bed i'm in a room with like seven strangers mm -hmm. it's midnight oh were you like at a hostel i was at a hostel mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. it was easily the cheapest way oh, yeah, to stay yeah, in yeah. la mm -hmm. and i was like i was like i'm in a room with seven other people but this is the loneliest i've ever felt in my entire mm -hmm. life and kind of scared too because i'm that that is kind of a sketchy feeling yeah, yeah like i didn't i didn't know situation. what the host the deal with the hostel is like going to sleep with strangers yeah and i also room. was just like i'm as far away from my family as i've ever been yeah a hundred and like i'm just like mm, this is freaky uh, i i get the sense just from watching these two movies that he really understands loneliness in a deep way mm -hmm. the way that he's able to capture loneliness in the aesthetic is so right on like not, the feeling of lonely and solitary confinement and just these small spaces that you only have essentially because you're a single alone person without yeah. a family and you just are transient in a way I'm, I'm, and i've been in that life for a lot my whole 20s was moving from place to place and having these tiny little quarters that i lived in with nothing essentially some records and some books and milk crates with my <laughs> laptop you know and some paint supplies and i just had nothing i had like a suitcase of clothes and i would just be prepared to leave at any moment in wow. my little honda you know <laughs> and it was just crazy that i lived like that for so long and it was it, it like a lot of times people were like i don't i can't believe you just go everywhere by yourself and you just go to these restaurants and eat alone and all that mm. but it was like for me i loved it i loved how empowering it was and i never really thought about the fact that other people may have looked at me thinking <laughs> oh what a lonely looking person yeah, that's like. interesting. that was <laughs> like <laughs> pre-pandemic pre pre my favorite thing was to go to restaurants by myself mm -hmm. and have a burger and a beer and just be on my phone or even write i would i would tell myself i was gonna write i would never fucking write i would, <laughs> I, I would just get on my phone and watch get, look at your phones yeah <laughs> but I, I i guess like i guess i could look sad to another person uh -huh. i'm having the fucking time of my life well like one of my most what we're going on a tangent but one of the most um monumental moments in my life happened when I lived in LA and I decided to go to a movie by myself for the first time I had never gone to a movie theater by myself interesting and I was like I want to just I have the day off and I want to go see this movie and I don't want to wait I don't want to make plans I'm just going to go and it was when Coraline came out and I went to okay. see it like opening night in a big Hollywood theater 
and I was so pumped and they had all these little figurines and like things from the sets (laughs) and I was so excited and I bought everything at the concessions (laughs) and I looked like a total goofball. I was like sitting in this seat with all these snacks in my lap and I was taking pictures of myself in the theater of me. Look at me and all my snacks all by myself. And I was having such a great day. And what's really funny is that later that when I left and I went home, I was so inspired and I just wanted to draw and create. And I Mm. just, the movie just got all these creative juices flowing. And I was so proud of myself for going and doing this thing by myself. And then I get home and my coworker asks me to go to this Hollywood bar with her that night. And I'm like, oh, I don't really want to. I don't really want to do that. I want to stay home and draw. And then she talks me into going and I freaking got a drug slipped in my drink and passed out in the bathroom Jesus. and who ended up in the ER getting my <laughs> my stomach pumped that night. And still after that whole traumatizing experience, that day still stands out as one of the best days of my life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> which is so funny. Like, is that so funny that that still is like one of the best days of my life? Uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> even though i almost died <laughs> i don't know what to say <laughs> i literally like like kicked a nurse across the room because she was trying to put a catheter in me and i like unconsciously just like snapped and freaked out and Jennifer's started body style yeah, and i like kicked her across the room and they had to like strap me down to the bed <laughs> that was a very expensive bill Hollywood uh, was a Hollywood Presbyterian hospital or something horrible. <laughs> they sent me home with an IV still sticking out of my hand. Jesus and I, I came home and like yanked it out of my hand and just bled out all over my kitchen. And it was crazy. Still one of the best days of my life. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I was just saying that like he just really gets this feeling of loneliness and I just really appreciate it. But also his love for catching like these natural moments in improv and just like looking for these moments like when he knows that this is the right moment and i'm going to capture this i'm going to use this like yeah it's like just there's something really beautiful about having an eye for that but you also have to really trust the people you're working with and Mm -hmm. and you have to know that they understand your vision and that they're on the same page as you so that you can trust them to take these moments and run with it because they understand what their drive is as yeah. a character so they have to get in the head of the character yes and then live in it you yeah know? that's why i talk a lot that's why i always want to mention the actors and why i bring up christopher doyle so much too mm-hmm. because he's putting his trust in this dp to see his vision and, yeah. and capture these moments correctly it's like hiring it, a ghostwriter that writes for you and yeah it's like it has to be seamless he has to you wouldn't the aesthetic feeling of this movie wouldn't be as, as impactful without the cinematography of the, no. of the film the way Absolutely. the camera's moving and the shot choices obviously he's making the choices and i assume he has a heavy hand in the editing as well yeah which is impeccable his editing is is great uh but yeah i'm very interested i'm very very excited for us to get to the end of mood for love episode yeah because i think you know given where you're at with these first two films i think you're gonna still be i don't want to hype it up too much <laughs> but when I first finished that movie, I was kind of like, huh. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure what I just watched. Yeah. But it has been living rent free in my head ever I since I watched watch it. And it. I'm just like, damn. I can't there's wait. There's so much going on. It's fucking crazy. I'm I- glad for <laughs> us to watch all of these so close to each other. Yeah. I, because really... there are so many parallels in, in some of the choices yes. and some of the like carryover. Well, you, themes. Can, you can really, it's in the mood for love is crazy because of how 
long it took to shoot and how improv filled it was mm -hmm. yet how cohesive of a piece it feels the yeah. way it builds upon itself is just i don't know how he does it um and i, I mentioning his filmography I, I desperately want to get my hands on his criterion collection yeah that came out because i'm i'd be very fascinated because it's not like chunky express was his first movie right he's got movies he made before this and as gritty and street level as these movies feel i'm kind of really interested mm -hmm. to see Wong Kar Wai on an even smaller budget presumably <laughs> yeah. like how gritty and street yeah. level can his shit get and I'm, yeah. I'm wondering I'm I'm very I, I tend to find myself really admiring directors first works mm -hmm. and I'm curious if I'm going to feel that because I can't imagine liking something more than Chunking yeah. Express but I yeah. do love the gritty do-it-yourself feel of his mm -hmm. movies so I wonder if that'll be apparent in his earlier work yeah but I wonder if he I'd be curious to see if it's if it's more rough and, mm -hmm. and he really found himself with Chunking mm -hmm. Express yeah. or if it's always been there. Mm -hmm. I don't know because these are the only the only three movies of his I've seen now are the two we've covered for oh, the podcast okay. and in the mood in for the mood. love. I, uh, I, yeah, I just want to watch everything I can get my hands on now. And I really liked what you were saying about how the way he captures the feeling mm -hmm. because I've been noticing as I've been doing the show, which is like. It's hard to keep up with the show sometimes doing an episode every mm -hmm. week, but I am mm -hmm. thankful because it's just getting me off my ass and forcing me to watch cinema that I normally yeah. wouldn't watch. And I'm finding these directors and when I when I read about their approach to filmmaking, mm -hmm. I'm finding that the people who I think are like true masters of their craft, mm -hmm. when they the way they talk about filmmaking is they talk about taking these feelings they have about life mm -hmm. and putting them into their films. So mm -hmm. we have Wong Kar Wai. Yeah. He's capturing this loneliness mm -hmm. in a way I've maybe never seen anybody capture it before. Yeah. Or just the feelings of dreariness and, mm -hmm. and longing. Longing more than anything. And then yeah. the move for love is like Yeah. The longing is like Jesus but Christ. Some, somehow mm -hmm. makes it to where it's not so sad that you're just like ugly crying. Yes. But it's like almost beautiful. It's a beautiful sadness. Yeah, a beautiful sadness. It's romanticized. Like, I think if I think if he had like a Biography. I'm sure he has biographies. Beautiful written, sadness. Beautiful sadness would be a great like yeah. <laughs> tagline for his biography. But directors like Christoph Kislowski, mm -hmm. I was I read a quote. I had a quote from him because I follow. I've been liking stuff on Facebook of his ever since I watched his Three Colors trilogy. Mm -hmm. So now I'm of course getting spammed with shit. But <laughs> he had one that's like I want to capture the sadness of when I see a woman look at a mark on her arm and I know that she knows that the mark's there and she's self-conscious about mm -hmm. her. He has this long list of capturing the quiet, sad moments in mm -hmm. life of, of desperation. Yeah. I wanted to put that into film. And that's why I think the movie Red, which I covered for the show, mm -hmm. you should go listen to that episode, people, if you haven't. <laughs> I, actually think, I actually think that episode turned out really good. I was really happy with it. Um, that movie's incredible. And it's because he's taking these feelings of like separation and longing and missed chances. Mm -hmm. And he's somehow translating that to cinema in a way not a lot of people are able to mm. do the same thing with i was pretty iffy on persona mm -hmm. um but bergman clearly has these feelings about life mm -hmm. and and identity that he was trying to wrestle with and mm -hmm. he somehow puts that into cinema and makes this crazy beautiful art piece mm. that to this day people still can barely comprehend which is part of why i was having trouble yeah. with it but it is like everyone can tell just from watching it it is like a masterpiece mm -hmm. but it's like i don't know what i just watched but it definitely <laughs> was like a masterpiece and part of it is going back to that feeling that you yeah. get when you watch it and the feeling you get when you watch a wong kar wai movie yeah. even as gritty and seedy as this movie is i've noticed yeah. i've noticed there's like 
sort of like factions where people are, are like, no, Chunking Express is the better film, mm-hmm. or no, maybe I like Fallen Angels better because it's grittier, yeah. and I like the sadder aspects mm-hmm. to it. For me, I guess that's pretty natural segue to ratings, mm-hmm. and I believe I gave Chunking Express a 9.5 mm-hmm. on this show, which yeah, is, did, which is yeah. the highest score I've ever given. Yeah. Um, man. And you weren't sure how you felt about this. You needed to talk about it yeah, again. Yeah, and I still am kind of iffy. I think at the end of the day, now that I've watched it twice, I think I'm going to give it an 8. Um, for the show and if you've never tuned in before I don't know why this is the episode you're choosing to tune in especially when this is like a, a second of a series of episodes <laughs> but uh, an, eight, an 8 on this show is actually a very good Pretty score I, I, my go to is to say I gave The Godfather an 8.5 <laughs> like for me this movie is like up on Letterboxd I'm probably going to knock it down to a 4.5 star out of 5 mm-hmm. um, but you know an 8 on this show it's a good score it, mm-hmm. it, it's up there with stuff that I think is really really good yeah for me, there's just little aspects to it that I'm, I'm not sure if it's just if it, a year from now I'll be curious to see how I feel about this film because mm-hmm. I could see this film really growing on me. But yeah. at the same time, going back through it, I was getting to scenes and I wasn't having that excitement that I have when I watch Chunking Express, where I'm like, mm. oh, this scene or other. Oh, I mean, for me, Chunking Express, like the cranberries sequence, yeah. is just like. Man, you just can't yeah. beat it. And yeah. and in this is like I love the cause I'm cool. Uh-huh. Any scene that, that Michelle Race is in, yeah. I'm, I'm just like so smitten by her. Mm. I could literally watch an entire movie of her just leaning on a jukebox yeah. and I'd be cool with it. But yeah. at the same time, it's it's a little all over the place. It's a little yeah. messier. Um It does <laughs> seem a little bit more brief than Chung King Express yeah. in a weird way. And even though I do think they're pretty it's much not as the same filled length, out. Yeah. Uh there's something about and it it could be very intentional the spa- mm-hmm. the spaciness the long moments in the movie there's uh, definitely n- not very many breaks of hap- like happy moments or fun yeah. moments satire it's 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 very it pretty it stays in in the dark places pretty yeah. and for <laughs> Ch- for me like chunking express i can i can recall all the expiration date stuff mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. the cleaning stuff and the lines about what you what do you what do you want to do i want to be free i want to go to california i want to do there's this. a lot more t- themes that re- like kind of interlace through the storyline of chunking express and it doesn't happen quite as much yeah it's, it, but i think it it's tough because for some people i could see this hitting even harder because it's giving you the space to i mean there's a reason i went on we both went on random mm-hmm. tangents about moments in our lives yeah because this movie obviously it's relatable is like reaching for that feeling in us yeah. and it's pulling that out yeah this room this movie has more room for projection yeah I think, um which can be cool for some people mm-hmm. and it is cool like i appreciate and again this is a movie where i think the you know the further i get with my relationships with people mm-hmm. and and romantic relationships with people i could see this movie hitting even harder down mm-hmm. the line yeah i'm at an eight right now i'll probably feel bad about it later but that's just <sighs> what i'm gonna give it uh how about you i as you know i never ask my guests yeah. to adhere to my wonky rating system so i'm i'm actually i was actually really in love with it and it's not you know a big showboaty film or anything and it's not like i love the aesthetic but it's not like this like crazy over-the-top aesthetic and there aren't too many huge iconic moments either it, it doesn't but have that I, i've I seen movies that feel really like an, like an energy drink 
Well, and Chunking uh, Express really did have a lot of iconic moments. Yeah. Just would look great in a photo book. You know what I mean? Just I feel, like, I feel, I talk about this a lot during the Three Colors episodes. It seems a shame to judge these movies off of each other. Like comparing it to something but else. It's hard, but it's, it's hard, hard not, not to. to. Yeah. But I, I still, honestly, just because of the, I don't know, the, the, the feelings that I got from it, I say a nine. Okay. Like I give it a nine because, I mean, part of me, would want to go higher but i have to save that spot i have to say sure. hired you know what i mean but like it's, I, I even said in the chunking express episode half the reason i didn't give it a 10 was because i wanted to see if in the mood for love could beat mm-hmm. it uh yeah i'm gonna say i mean and honestly i feel like i i did really relate a lot to sure. the characters a lot and and on both sides of the characters and yeah. i and i think that i just like really fell into it in a way that was like it had me like I couldn't. It's, it's tear so crazy away from because it. it's like, even at the end of the movie, I, I simultaneously feel like I know nothing about these characters mm-hmm. and yet know everything about them. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell you what their favorite foods or favorite yeah. colors are. Or any of the classic like, oh, if you're gonna make a movie, you should mm-hmm. know. You should know all these things. When the character about them. was seven, they fell off their, tr- their, yeah. their bike and skinned their knee. Like I don't know anything mm-hmm. about these characters, and yet. Somehow you feel like you know their mm-hmm. souls in a weird way. It's, yeah. it's very strange. Mm-hmm. It's the same for both movies, Chunking yeah. uh, Express and uh, Fallen Angels, which I actually really love the title, Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. If you just saw the title, you would think it's about something else. Mm-hmm. And yet it's just this gritty, yeah. lonely people in the Hong Kong night. And mm-hmm. somehow fits really well. Well, and it's, <laughs> and it's, I mean, you could go so much deeper with it too, as far as like, the fallen angels theme of you know people that are just human that have lived through these experiences and it, it's changed them yeah. and it's changed how they are in life but it, they weren't born the way that they become yeah like we're all born angels in a way you know what i mean <laughs> sure. and then we live life and life does what it does to us it you know beats I mean? us it up chews and- us up and spits us out and it is a lot of characters being chewed up and spit you know, out. We're for all sure. fallen angels. <laughs> you know. I, I also was I, I didn't work it in anywhere, but I was gonna sing that hinder song at some point. <laughs> uh, but I'll 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 not subject people to that. I do really love the soundtrack though. <laughs> oh dude, good it's choice. so good. I think I do maybe like the soundtrack for this movie a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I mean the cranberry song is killer. So good. But the cause I'm cool and all the all the other songs good, in the movie yeah. it's so fucking it's good. It's so good, yeah. He's got such good musical taste. Yeah, I can't but, wait to watch it again. Uh do you have any recommendations for the people? Uh no. That's totally fine. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna hit I'm gonna not do this a, time, I'm not in this a, genre. I'm gonna do a couple. Um one's gonna be just Hey, we're going to do In the Move for Love next. Yes, we are. So you should watch that. So watch it. And you, you should I'm watch so In the Move for Love. Watch it. I don't watch care. all of it. I don't even care if you hated Chunking Express and Fallen Angels. You still need to watch In the Move for Love because it's the same, but very different. I can't wait to watch it. I can't imagine people, if you like, you know, I hesitate to use this word highbrow, mm-hmm. but if you like certain kinds of cinema if you're a fan of cinema in general mm-hmm. in the move for love is not a movie i think i would show my parents because i think they would just be kind of confused yeah um but it, it's really it's it's a intelligent sort of but you, you got to watch film, in the yeah. move for love people please watch it i'm not gonna spoil anything about it <laughs> and i wouldn't want to because watch it so that you can 
talk with us about it. Yeah. and then, Hit me up at DangerBot if you want my Criterion account. I'm just kidding. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can only have like three people on the account. I have one of those spots. <laughs> uh, I'm really enjoying the Criterion. Uh, I'm like, I probably should have had my own forever ago because the movies on there are insane. Um, I'm going to give people a special treat, though, for sticking around. Um, and you'll... Uh, yeah, no. You, if you if you listen to this weird episode, the movie that's a little off the beaten path, uh, I'm I'm hoping I haven't recommended it already. But there's a movie I watched last year called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. The mm. only, honestly, the only thing, the only connection I have between that movie and this movie is just the gritty street levelness of it, mm. and also the uh, sort of unspoken relationship and compassion that we have for people because mm-hmm. the, the relationship between the main girl and her cousin, it's not like they spend a lot of time talking about it, but it's mm-hmm. the unspoken things that happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the parallels I see. I only want to recommend it just because it was one of, one of maybe it was, we'll see what happens when I put out my 2020 list, mm-hmm. my favorite films of 2020. Oh. I've had a couple people say they tried to watch it and they didn't like it. It's a very slow, thoughtful mm-hmm. movie. Not a lot of dialogue, again, like Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. And this movie doesn't have VO either. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of them walking around. But to me, I, it has lived rent-free in my head ever since I watched it. Okay. I adore it. I'm, to give people a basic idea of it, it's about a 17-year-old girl who lives in rural Pennsylvania who mm-hmm. goes to New York to have an abortion Oh, okay. Um, because she's underage, so that's, right, right, that's right. the only place that she can have it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just them wandering around New York for a wow. night. And somehow it's just, I don't know, I love it so much. Hmm. And I just, I want more people to watch it because I think it flew under a lot of people's radar. Mm-hmm. I was really shocked it didn't get any Oscar nominations, mm. but I think just nobody saw it. Um, yeah. I literally grabbed it because I heard good things about it and I saw it sitting on the shelf at the library mm-hmm. and I watched it. It really fucking blew me away. And I just, I know, as a reward for getting to the end of this episode, <laughs> you get one of my favorite movies. I'm going to recommend it now. I'm going to be mad when some other movie comes up and it would have tied in even better but never really sometimes always um but yeah that's the end of the show as christina has talked about she's danger bot on all the social medias go follow her her be my friend be my friend she she let me make you laugh she deserves like she's got a lot of followers but she deserves a terrible job plugging you (laughs) <laughs> she's got a lot of followers but she deserves even more uh especially with a great handle like danger bot um, but yeah come check me out i'm claire tenzi classics at gmail.com i guess if you want to send me an email yeah or, i don't know but i really appreciate you guys tuning in i love you and as i always say unfortunately at the end of every episode <laughs> i'll catch you all on the flip-flop flip-flop later bye <laughs> bye guys <laughs>